Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Papers talk of uh, fuel prices, of course, uh, on their front pages today. Um, I was due to have uh, Michael McGrath on air this morning. That's now been deferred until tomorrow morning. Why? Uh, well, in fairness, he, he did come back to me last night and explained why. He said because there's a cabinet meeting this morning. And what are they going to do at the cabinet meeting? They're going to reduce excise rates. They say slashed. I don't think they're slashed at all. I think it's like a 10% cut. If you work out 20 cent, say, for instance, on petrol, and it's two euro a litre, that's ten. That's a 10% cut. Um, I could be corrected mathematically, but uh, as the mail says this morning, as war rages, fuel hikes could continue. So if you do a bit of housekeeping in the brain department, you would think that any kind of reduction in excise from the government, any kind of a sop that they throw, uh, will be gobbled up by increasing prices. No? Am I reading that wrong? Uh, but midnight move to cut price of petrol and diesel. Cold War is a front page of making the star today. Energy bills are set to soar as Putin gas is boycotted. I know that the Yanks are talking about uh, Biden's Russian oil bar- ban sparks fears of rising home bills. It's all very well for Biden and the Americans to talk about Russian oil bans when they use only the tiniest, tiniest percentage uh, of Russian oil. For much of Europe, it would be a different ball game entirely. Uh, so that's the price that is to be paid. But at least we're not living in bunkers or we're not living in shelters and we're not down in basements and being bombed in our towns and villages and cities. But petrol prices will fall by 20 cents a litre from midnight tonight. Uh, what's the equivalent of that then on diesel? 15 cents, which is kind of weird, really, because diesel is dearer than petrol now, isn't it? I've got a couple of screenshots from petrol stations from last night. Emergency cut to fuel prices is a front page of making the examiner. But they also drill into the amount of Ukrainian refugees who are coming in here and being fast-tracked, provided with PPS numbers, medical cards and lots of other aid. So that's a detailed story on their front page. You remember your man who um, knocked down the gates of the Russian embassy? The Russian embassy now wants the Irish government to pay for the repair uh, of the gates. Uh, I don't know whether they're going to get an invoice. Uh, they should be obliged, the Russians, to get one or two different quotes. And then if we have to pay, we'll pay the lower quote. But war-mad Russians are demanding Ireland says sorry and pays for the damage to the embassy gates uh, after a truck crashed through them. It's a front page of making the mirror today. They're furious about it. Furious about a couple of gates and yet denying what's happening in Ukraine. Um, a big list of uh, com- companies that are boycotting or have shut their businesses in Russia and it continues to grow. Uh, and we were querying as to why McDonald's were slow on Monday to come out and say that they too were going to close their uh, restaurants. Well, they have bowed to pressure now and McDonald's have shut their restaurants across Russia. And if you remember, uh, if you're old enough to remember uh, with regards to Glasnost at the time and the opening up to the West, McDonald's were one of the first companies to go into Russia. And it was really embraced at the time as being, you know, us and them coming together over a Big Mac kind of thing. Uh, So now McDonald's are closing uh, temporarily, as I say. Um, Who knows how long the temporary will be. Starbucks as well have been added to the list. And also Coca-Cola has suspended business. And Pepsi also halting sales given the horrific events in Ukraine. So there's going to be a plan now, they think. And maybe this is going to be discussed as well at Cabinet. I don't know. uh, To deal with the rationing of household gas and electricity. I'll tell you more about that yesterday because I was ordering some home heating oil. Um, And also bread prices are expected to soar due to a scarcity of flour. On top of all of that, with regards to the cost of fuel, you could also see public transport being curtailed. You might see buses running less or maybe even trains uh, running less. I don't know how it will affect private operators of buses or those that do school runs, but all of this is a worry and it all comes down to fuel and you can trace it all back to Ukraine and the Russians. Or Kenya, though. 
I mean, is there a bit of profiteering going on here? I just wonder. Um, other stories in the papers today include a man who was stopped and searched. Now, I'm sure the Gardaí had their own reasons for stopping a man three times who was begging on the streets. But on the three occasions, he had quite a substantial amount of cash on him. Um, he was before the courts, I believe, prosecuted for begging. Um, but at the same time, you got to wonder how much money can be made begging, begging. And I don't know if it's begging related. But on one occasion when he was stopped, he had 769 euro in his poker. And the second time, 140 euro. And the third time, 379. So he, Liam Heelan did the math, said he had 1,288 euro on him on the three occasions when you total them all up. We also know this morning that landlords are, are um, you know, getting out of the, the housing market. But those that are in it that look for sex instead of rent, they are now subject to prosecution because the law has changed in that regard now and much of this traces back to Anne Murphy at the Examiner and the excellent work she did on this story over the past couple of years landlords who ask for sex in lieu of rent could be jailed under new proposed laws I don't think anybody would argue with that and here's a worry for you because the Dublin Airport Authority runs Cork Airport, right? So is it only a question of time that Cork Airport will be like Dublin Airport where they're going to charge people to collect families and drop friends and family off at Dublin Airport? Yeah, there's going to be a new paid drop-off and pick-up zone. Heretofore, it's been free, and in Cork Airport, you get 15 minutes uh, to drop or to collect, which I think is fair enough. I'm okay with all of that. But if it goes in Dublin, surely that means it will also go in Cork and they will also introduce pickup charges. You might want to call it kiss and fly zones or pick up and take away zones. But you're going to have to pay for them in Dublin Airport. And I wonder, is there only a question of the time when the same will happen here on Leaside? Talking of money, actually, Prince Andrews had to shell out 14, 14 million euro to um, his uh, accuser, his sex accuser, uh, Virginia Giuffray. The mirror call it sex accuser, of course. Um, uh, I don't think anybody really would disagree with the fact that he, she needs to be paid and needs to have a settlement for all that she's gone through in her life. Uh, On top of that, apparently, there will be also a payment made to um, some charities of her choice. But the question being asked by the the tabloids is, who's actually picking up the bill? They think it's the Queen uh, and also um, Andrew's brother Charles that divvied up the dosh, 14.4 million euro. Um, The amount of electric cars, in spite of the fact that we have fuel price uh, problems, of course, at the moment, um, more people have electric cars than ever before. And we got a breakdown in the papers today. The Mirror say that um, new licensing for electric cars has almost trebled uh, when you look month on month comparing 2021 to 2022. So more and more people are going for it. And also this research out saying that smokers smoked more uh, during lockdown. You, you probably couldn't bo- bl- blame them because they put a lot of it down to boredom and stress of lockdown over two years. They're admitting to smoke and more. I mentioned that because today is National No Smoking Day. Uh, it's interesting, actually, when you think of lockdown, you compare 2021 to 2022. A buddy of mine sent me a screen grab this morning saying, here's my take on it. March 2021 is kind of tied into fuel prices as well. March 2021, not allowed to travel more than 5K. March 2022, can't afford to travel more than 5k. The Neil Prenderville Show. Uh, lots on fuel, I have to say, and lots on petrol and diesel prices. So more on that throughout the course of the morning as well. Now, the Red FM GoFundMe in association with uh, Casey's Furniture has passed the 20,000 mark. I'm delighted with that. And thanks to everybody who came on board. We can close it down now at this stage. The deal was that if we could get the 10 grand from Casey's, we would attempt to double it to 20 grand. That's happened. And again... 
I'm obliged to every single person who dug deep on that one. There was people donating all sorts of different amounts of money and it was fantastic to see. So in the space of a couple of days, we doubled the 10 grand. That will be given to the Red Cross and I'll chat with the Red Cross a little later on this morning. So thank you so much. We can close that fund and we can move on and of course that money will be spent wisely. Calls, texts and comments after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Okay, a couple of prices for you from last night that may have changed from this morning but this is just in my own parish of Douglas. Two different petrol stations. One is the Maxol and the other is Circle K and in Circle K the price of your regular diesel now, not your posh stuff. This is just regular diesel and regular unleaded petrol. Uh, it's 210 for diesel now and it's 205 for unleaded. So it's amazing to see diesel ahead of petrol, but that's the price at uh, Circle K. At Maxall, pretty much the same thing. Uh, two euro and five cent for unleaded, two euro, ten cent for diesel. Um, can anybody beat that when you go up to the more climate friendly ones? You go up to two euro, nineteen cent for the more friendly diesel and two euro, fourteen cent for the more friendly unleaded. But the price that I came across was 210 for diesel and 205 for unleaded. So I wonder uh, whether or not you can beat that. But from midnight tonight, that will drop. Now, Michael Collins, independent TD for Cork Southwest, is uh, somebody who's been calling for this for many days now. It falls short from what he was looking for. He was looking for a 50% reduction in excise. Michael, good morning. Good morning. So, so it's much it's much less than that. It's more, it's more in and around a 10% cut. Am I, am I maths wrong? Would you say it's about 10%? It's looking like a 15 uh, or 20 cent uh, deduction in a litre of fuel. That's, to be honest with you, that's nothing short of mockery to the people that are absolutely going through hell at this time. And it's a total, like this government are sleepwalking continuously in and around this idea. We've been asking for a mini budget to deal with the field of rural independent group, have been asking for that in in the Dáil for the last three months to deal with the fuel crisis, even before the war. Now, the war has exasperated matters worse, I, I know that. But at the end of the day, before the war, the government tax take on every two euros of petrol you're putting into your car was one euro, one cent, 1.7 cents. That's 52% the government tax take on it. And for the diesel, I'm sure it's, so two I'm, euros. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's higher than that, isn't it? Something like 63 cents a, a litre or something? Well, it's 52 cents, is, is, is 52% salary is they're taking it. And the same, we say with the diesel, is two euros, they're taking 98 cents on the tax take. We cannot... Is that, is that excise and VAT combined? Yes, and carbon and the whole thing combined. That's their, that's their full take on, on, the, on tax. And they have an opportunity, and hopefully maybe as the day goes on, the pressure will come on, because apparently government TDs were crying crocodile tears in, in, in the doll date last night. Uh, from what I hear, I wasn't with them, but I heard that from others, say, stating that this isn't going to go, this 15, 20 cents is a joke. It is a joke, because it's come up that for the last couple of days. So they have to look at a 50 cent decrease in a litre of fuel is the only, only measure that can be made today that's going to help somebody or the public out there, uh, Neil. So what's been said now already is that the price of petrol and diesel, diesel has passed the two euro a litre in many forecourts and that any reduction in excises they're giving, you know, this 20 cent and 15 cent, that that'll just be gobbled up and cancelled out because oil prices at the pumps will continue to go up. 
I think even what's happening, Neil, here in the last two to three days, will even gobble up the 15, 20 cents that they're talking about. They are completely removed from reality. And sadly, and this is what I call for yesterday, that it's time now that their Fianna Fáil councillors on the ground started waking up and calling for it. Because the TDs obviously don't realise the, the damage and the, and the difficulties people are going through. They can't put fuel in their car. They can't home heat, put home heat oil in their tank. And this, is, and this is going on for quite a long time. Because since this government came off, uh, per, we'll say per ton it's gone from 26 euros per ton to 41.50 and now they're talking about another increase for carbon tax again in May we cannot keep taking this hit and what's happening is you see what happened with the, with the, the gentleman who had a trawler uh, this week he could have gone out he had a quarter of 27,000 euros worth of fish to bring home he didn't go because Cost him thirty thousand euros in fuel. Oh, so now you see the yeah, prices, be... and there what you're going to see is no food in the shelves, and this is where we're heading. And we have a government asleep at the wheel that can't understand the way people are suffering, and they're saying, "Well, we're going to deal with it." They're not dealing with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, there's talk this morning now as well uh, of things like uh, public transport being uh, curtailed because of uh, fuel prices. They're talking about bread prices expected to soar. Why would that? Because is is our flour imported, or, or what, what's the story there? Or is it because the it transportation is, yeah. of flour around the country, fuel-wise, will put the price of bread up, is it? Definitely, because like I'm talking to, to truckers, I'm talking to business people that are using their vans and their lorries. They are in absolute, they're in a dire straits. And obviously now they're having to pass it on to the, to the consumer, the, the, the public out there. And the public out there are, are suffering already because they're buying, trying to buy the fuel themselves. And you see, they're talking about, the, you know, we don't have public transport in most places in rural Ireland. You might have a bus once a day or whatever. And, you know, the last mini so-called budget, and we, we were calling for a proper decrease in the fuel in which they didn't do, and now they're running around tried to do it. They, they gave a twenty percent decrease for public transport. But we find out now that the private operator is not going to get one bronze into that. So if you're travelling on a private bus, you're not going to get a bronze into that twenty percent. And what about the bus companies that um, that do bus runs and things like that? Are they outside the loop as well? They're outside the loop if they're if they're private. And I know plenty of companies. There's a gentleman there was Cork trying to do his best there with to, to um, uh, start up, you know start up a server some cars. Was Car Connect and and others, and he can't get any of this twenty percent decrease. Um, the Lewis, uh, the the train service, the dark service, and Bus Air can get twenty percent. That's that's uncompetitive. So it, it ends up maybe causing unemployment and another issue. But the bottom line is, fuel has to be cut today by fifty cent. And I, I, we're in a dilemma, our rural independent group, because I can't see myself supporting a fifteen cent de- decrease this evening because it's going to make no difference. I can't, I, I'm wearing a dilemma because if we don't support it, we'll say after that you didn't support. We are going to try and put in an amendment for a fifty cent decrease that at least uh, the people of of, of of the countryside and the people of Cork City and West Cork and wherever they are will at least feel that somebody's out there worrying. And, could I ask and, you? And, and could I ask you another question just before I get back to what they're probably talking about at cabinet? But we talk about this fifteen and twenty cent reduction in in diesel and petrol. What about home heating oil? Is that included? I would expect that that's going to be included. I presume it's right, right across the right across the board because every increase that's come along in your dad, the, the home heating oil has increased uh, continuously as well. So you know, even the last two weeks, and I, I pull up to the filling station very often myself because I do a lot of travelling. But every time I pull up, maybe to the same filling station, it's got up six cents, got eight cents, got nine cents, got it's going up every week. It's going up, and the government here talking about fifteen, twenty cents. This no, if, if I'm wrong, and I certainly will apologise if they change their mind during the day because the pressure is coming on them hot and heavy are they night, getting pressure uh, from, from within Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael? 
Uh, they certainly are, but you see, the Greens are white in the deal, and and um, Neil and and unfortunately, Fianna Fáil and 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 Fine Gael made a deal and a very very dangerous and a, a very lousy deal on the people of Rural Ireland, and that was to cr- create a crisis in relation to fuel, so people wouldn't use their vehicles. It's a lovely idea. And because I, they say, I heard yesterday some chap in UCC saying that. Uh, 40% of our journeys in a car are less than 9 kilometres. Um, Certainly. They're very, very, sh- sh- and maybe even, even much less than 9 kilometres. They're, they're the short school runs and the, the short trip to the, to the shops and stuff like that. That we need to start cutting those out maybe, you know? But you can't do that in rural <laughs> Ireland. You can't do it on 90% of the trips, I would say, and nearly, in some cases, 100% of the trips are trips that have to be made in the morning, unfortunately. Yeah, they're talk, they're dreaming about children cycling to school. There's the, obviously, there's the danger aspect of very young children cycling on their own. But secondly, if you're four or five miles from the school, you surely don't expect them. Maybe that's what the Green Party want, is children to be up at five or six in the morning cycling into, into their towns. And okay, villages. so let me understand it's what you're saying, then. You're saying that Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael TDs might want to give more but that the Greens are stopping it, is it? Well, to be honest with you, if they're in touch with their uh, constituents, they certainly would want to give more, but the Green Party are adamant. I see it in relation to discussions on fertiliser for farming, because I'm in the Agricultural Marine Committee, and the Green Party are saying, your shit is great, the prices have gone up, so we'll have, you can all go organic. I don't know where they're coming up with their dreams, but they're delighted, quite ha- they're quite happy now that the fuel has gone out, the price range of most people, some people will dr- stop driving. But the problem is they didn't realise that they stopped putting food in the shelf, they stopped going out fishing, they stopped the haul, you won't be able to d- bring the goods into, into the local town. So we're, you know, we're creating a, a very, very serious scenario that, that I, I, this government are completely uh, sleepwalking right through this crisis and are not there. You know, as a politician, I always felt my duty was to make sure that I worked and worked hard for the people on the ground that, that where they felt they were under, under pressure. And unfortunately, this government are quite happy to leave people suffer and continue to suffer and take a massive tax take, take a massive carbon tax on fuel instead of saying, send it back, hold on a minute now, drop the carbon tax for a while here until the crisis ends and let's sit down and talk about this uh, rightly. Mm. No, they're talking carbon tax is, you know, and, and I'm sorry, Sinn Féin and others supported this, that they, they, we won't be able to discuss the carbon tax um, in any way, shape or form until 2030. So that's a scandal situation. Why are you saying that, that people say, for instance, in rural West Cork, really have more important things to be worried about than carbon, is it? We certainly, you, everybody must be worried about the environment, we know that. But certainly, no matter what we do in West Cork or what we do in the whole of the Irish Republic, if everybody turns off the lights, turns off their engines, jumps on a plane, jumps on a boat and gets out of this country, it's going to make absolutely no difference. But what we have a situation is Eamon Ryan and a few TDs here are wagging the tail. They want to show to the rest of the world how great thou art. But we are suffering. The ordinary yeah, people yeah. of Ireland are suffering. And okay. it isn't Roland, it's the whole world. Because the people of Cork City are suffering. The people of West Cork are suffering. Everybody's suffering at this stage, Neil. And there is no sympathy from the government on to throw a paltry 15 or 20 cents on a li- half a litre of fuel when 50 cents is, is, is the very least they should be doing today. The very least. Let's see what happens at Cabinet. Thanks for taking the call, Michael Collins, Independent TD for Cork Southwest. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was talking about public transport. And it comes in all sorts of different shapes and sizes. And I was saying the Independent this morning saying that public transport may be curtailed to reduce uh, demand on gas and electricity, uh, sorry, on on fuel, which would be, I suppose, unleaded and and diesel and what have you. And then they're even talking about rationing household gas and electricity as well um, because of costs and also availability. I think there's an issue also with the processing of fuel, the actual 
making of it and the curtain, you know, converting of it. Uh, but I got an interesting contact this morning from Roy Carney, who's got a bus company and they have many, many buses and they're very worried because they got 75 school buses taking children to, to, to schools um, and are locked into contracts on this one, I believe. Roy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. By, uh, by, by being locked into contract means is you can't go back and renegotiate the cost of your service with the state, no? No, that's correct, Neil, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you you would have to absorb the... Is it diesel we're talking about here? D- diesel, yeah. You would have to absorb that yourself and you couldn't go back to the state and say, OK, we're paying 60% more, 80% more fuel now, uh, cost of fuel, because they won't say anything. They'll just say, sorry, you have a contract, not our problem. Well, that's, as, of, as of yesterday evening, it, that's the way it is lying. There's no change in the contracts whatsoever because we're... We're running 75 to 80 school contracts a day, right? And our fuel at the moment, an increase of our fuel, is costing us about 5,500 a day extra than what we are paying. So that's, that's over 30,000 a week on our fuel alone to keep these services going, which we're suffering at a loss at the moment. Um, but there doesn't seem to be any, like, like you know, there's, there's nothing coming back to us. So, um, so that 30,000 extra a week now, that's, that's likely to even increase more. Puts you at a loss, is it? It's at a loss. It's at a loss. Like, as I say, we're, we're after getting out of COVID, we're trying to get back on our feet, and next thing we're hit with this, you know, um, it's, just, it's just totally unsustainable. We just can't uh, keep forward, you know. We can't see any light at the end of the tunnel at the moment. I have, I have been talking to people in school transport and things, and I basically made my position quite clear. What, what did you say to them? That you can't, you don't know how long more you can operate the service, is it? That's correct, Neil. I told them I don't know how long more I'll be able to operate the service. Um, and basically, I was told that, fair enough, if you don't operate the service, uh, give it to us in writing and we'll put your runs out for tender. So that's basically, that's basically the approach that, I, that I've been getting here at the moment. And will the 15 cent reduction in diesel for midnight make any difference to that? No, not at all, because it's going to be the same price, because it, it went up again last night, fuel, and it's going to, like, the 15 cent that are taken off, or 20, 20 cent are taken off a litre, it's still going to be the same. It's still going to be very close on two euros a litre, yeah, which yeah. is totally unsustainable. And, like, unfortunately, these buses are only doing six or seven miles to the gallon. You know, so do you it, pay? It, do you pay the same rate for diesel? Say, for instance, two ten as a punter would in a car. We'd save probably about two cents a litre, Neil, yeah, by yeah. by buying it in bulk. Yeah, yeah. So the two ten would bring it down to one ninety tonight, but that doesn't go close enough at all to no, getting you back all. in the black. Because when we when we quoted for these school tenders, uh, when we when we were pricing and like you you, you have to put your, your 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 work out your costs and things. But when we priced for our school contracts, we allowed for our fuel at a certain thing. But the fuel at that time was working out at um, about one thirty a liter. Oh, for God's sake! You know, so sure, that's um, eighty cent off a liter now. It is, yeah. It is, and that's what I'm trying to say. It is totally unsustainable, and like we're we're losing at this present moment uh, the figures as of this morning, five and a half thousand euro a day. It's costing us to maintain our services for school transport. And do you, do you, as somebody who studies this very closely, do you have any re- understanding as to why prices keep going up sometimes once and twice and three times a day? I don't, Neil, to be honest. But the other 
thing that I'm listening to say from our fuel supplier is that they're telling us that there could be a shortage of fuel by the end of the month, which is very worrying. Is that because there's there's a there's a delay in refining or something? Is it? Could be, could be. Don't know exact reason, but I suppose the war has 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 some impact on it as well. You know. Yeah, but none of the pipes have been turned off, you see. I no. don't understand. And yeah. like years ago, petrol prices didn't go up until the next lorry load of fuel hit the forecourt. But now it's just being done with a phone call or an email. Yeah, so listen, it is just absolutely ridiculous. As I say, look, we have, we have, over, we have over 100 employees here working with us. And like, we don't know how long more we can keep going at this. Are we talking days, is it? We're talking only days. Like, we're, we're losing, and people don't seem to understand this, we're, losi- we're losing 5,500 a day on operating school transport. And could the same be said for freight, do you think, with the shipment of freight by road? I say freight is in a worse situation than the buses at this present moment because they have, they, they're all on kind of set rates. Now, some of them have got kind of fuel surcharge increases, but the difference to the hauliers, to the bus side of it, is that the hauliers can claim back the VAT on the fuel. The bus companies can't claim back the VAT on fuel because no bus company in Ireland is registered for VAT and can charge VAT to the public. Okay, but did you, get, did you not get the same kind of deal as Bus Aaron, no? Why not? No, because we're, <laughs> we're getting nothing from the state. But does, does Bus Aaron got a better reduction? Well, I suppose they, 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 they obviously have excise-free fuel where we don't, you Oh, know? well, that's the big difference straight away. You know, so there you go straight away. And but like, you, are, you are bringing our children to and from school. You're providing a public service. We are indeed, yeah. But look, at the end of the day, we're at the bottom of the pile, Neil. And like, the other problem we have as well is, say, say taking a load of school children to the swimming pool or taking them to a football match. We have to increase our costs, so there you go. We have to put the bus up by 50 or 70 euro to cover the fuel surcharge on it, and it's, it's, it's reflecting back to the parents having to dig back into their pocket again to send their child out to this match and pay another euro or two euro ahead just to cover the fuel. Crazy, yeah, I know. You know? Yeah, I know. Okay, okay, it's a matter of days, you say. Let's see what days. happens. Let's see if they do have a, um, a final road to Damascus turn at some stage today and knock 50 cent off it, or we'll have to wait and see. But thanks for taking the call. Appreciate it. Mind yourself. Okay. Take care. Thanks, Neil. Take All care. All the best. Uh, Roy Carney at Carney's Coaches. You can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. I mentioned yesterday uh, that I heard Dr. Paul Dean, who's a senior, senior research fellow at UCC, make some very interesting points with regards to fuel and where we find ourselves in with fuel increases and what's happening on a daily basis. He also drilled into the amount of journeys we make. I thought that was a very interesting that something like 40% of our journeys are very, very short. Uh, I don't know, was he proposing that we come up with other ways of getting from A to B on short journeys than using the car? I think we have to change the way we look at many, many things in our lives these days, But uh, and a lot of it has to do with COVID, of course, but just with the cost of fuel, of course, people now trying to get a fill, and I was trying to get a fill of home eating all yesterday, and there is a there is now, for instance, a minimum order, right? There is a maximum order. I think 500 litres is the max now with a lot of providers of home heating oil. There is perhaps in some cases they can't guarantee when you will get the fill of home heating oil. I've heard some stories of people saying two to three weeks yesterday. Uh, When I was trying to get a fill yesterday, they couldn't say at all. Uh, The price yesterday was 170 a litre for home heating oil. 
but that price was not locked in. They took my credit card details and said, we won't know the price until the, the actual lorry arrives at your home. So until then, I don't know what I'm going to be paying. And that's the case for many, many different people. But anyway, I want to get the perspective of Dr. Paul Dean from UCC. Paul, good morning. Uh, good morning, Neil. Actually, I'm in the same similar situation to you. I'm waiting actually for the uh, delivery of oil this morning, and uh, yeah, I was chatting to them last week, and uh, yeah, and again, you know, we still haven't received it yet, and you know, one euro seventy. I remember when I got oil before Christmas, or maybe just in September. I think we we're paying eighty cent, and in eighty cent was was still a lot of money back then. Yeah. So crazy times, unfortunately, yeah. that we're all facing at the moment. In fairness, though, one or two callers yesterday did tell me that their oil provider, very fair, locked in the price when they gave their credit card details, even though they didn't know what the price would be when they deliver it so some companies are playing ball but can we just have you any idea why like why is this happening yeah, yeah. So ultimately, Neil, what it comes down to is really what's happening in Ukraine at the moment and Russia. Russia are a really important supplier of oil to global markets. Now, even though they only supply about 7% of global oil, but oil markets are very tight at the moment. And that oil is actually coming off the market at the moment for two reasons. Number one, there's sanctions in place. But actually, what's happening over the last two to three weeks, I suppose, since the invasion started, really, Neil, is that a lot of traders just don't want to touch Russian oil um, because of reputation risk. We see large companies like Shell are pulling out of, of Russia. We see BP. So we see all the major oil companies uh, pulling away from Russia. And this is called self-sanctioning. This is essentially means that they don't want to touch Russian oil because of reputational risk. And what that does, it creates a huge shortage in the market. And, and Even though they and, and only provide such a t- tiny amount, I mean, who's providing the bulk of the oil, the bulk of the unleaded, the bulk of the petrol, the home heating oil? Who provides that across Europe? Yeah, so across Europe, so we get most of our, our, our oil in global markets. So it would be the US and Saudi Arabia and Russia are the three major providers of oil right across the world. So the US and Saudi Arabia really would be the biggest producers and then uh, Russia would be in there as well. But the difficulty at the moment Tina, is that there is very little capacity to produce extra oil in the world at the moment. Uh, it's, not like, uh, it's not like turning a tap and more oil comes out. It takes about a year to two years to develop more resources and to bring extra oil out of the ground. The only kind of hope in the moment that the markets are thinking about at the moment is looking to Iran. Iran were, are probably one of the few places in the world where they could bring on uh, a significant amount of oil relatively quickly into the global markets. Now, what's happening in the background there, of course, you've got the, the US uh, and, and Iran talking about the nuclear deal and wrapped up in that nuclear deal is talks of maybe lifting sanctions on Iran, allowing them to release some oil into global markets. If that does happen, we would likely see a softening of, of, of prices, but unfortunately, prices are going to remain high for the next month or so and you know for the listeners it's important to remember like the, the price Neil that we see on the petrol pumps this morning uh, and the price that we hear about in terms of international oil prices typically lag each other by about you know two to three weeks so the prices that we're seeing at four courts this morning are reflecting actually the international oil price about two weeks ago which was significantly lower than it is uh, than, than it is at the moment. Oh, so, so that's why you're seeing prices on. change on a daily basis they're catching up on prices from two weeks ago on a daily basis in real time now. Exactly, and they're moving very steeply. And, you know, and if we look at the difference in oil prices between where it is today, uh, you know, post-conflict, while the conflict is happening and, and Putin is sending all these threats and where it was, uh, you know, two weeks ago, what that means for us in terms of diesel and petrol prices is probably, you know, prices are heading towards two, two euros 40, two euros 50 a litre over the next month. And that's, uh, that's quite grim, isn't it? Are you sure of that? 
Unfortunately, uh, that's what's baked into the market at the moment. You know, these prices are on the way. Now, what we're seeing at the moment, and we saw last night coming from Linster House, what the government are trying to do now is reduce excise duty. Excise duty is a, is a relatively, well, well, it was a relatively minor component of, of, of petrol and diesel prices, just less than 50%. So the price I'm talking about there now would include the, the excise duty. If excise duty is reduced by 20 cents, we're probably heading towards about €2.20 a litre for diesel uh, over the next month. And, and again, you left because those prices are essentially baked into the market okay. and they're coming down the line, unfortunately. So the 240 to 50 is, is, is a fact because those prices have already been achieved two weeks ago at source and it just will yeah. trickle down to us. What is the exact amount of excise and VAT that the government takes for every euro? For every euro, it's about 50 cents, uh, um, essentially, you know, and that excise and VAT is actually a really important source of revenue for the government here in Ireland. You know, we earn about over a billion and a half euros in revenue from selling uh, petrol and diesel in the forecourts. Now, that money gets put into schools and roads and, you know, gets put right Roads? Oh, you so, can fool me about putting it into roads. The roads in Ireland oh, are yeah. shocking. Give me a break. Oh, but it, it goes into infrastructure and it goes into the, you know the running of the country, I suppose. And this is kind of the challenge for the government at the moment that if you reduce the excise on petrol and diesel, which is the correct thing to do, you have less revenue coming into the exchequer, then, and that's the challenge that they have to deal with. But is there any profiteering going on here? Do you think? Can we be assured that there's not? It's difficult to say um, because there's not a huge amount of transparency on what individual, um, uh, you know, forecourts are, ch- are, are, you know, when do they fill up their, their tanks? Yeah, uh, you know, if you filled up your tank in a forecourt three or four weeks ago, there's no reason you should be selling petrol and diesel for two, two euros a litre now. So it very much depends on the turnover of stock. But unfortunately, you know, there isn't a lot of transparency and it's very difficult to figure out whether there's profiteering going on, unfortunately, you know. And even look, I was driving around, you know, the last couple of days, there's not a huge difference really in, in a lot of the... the no, there, there, I gave an example this morning of both Circle K in Douglas and, and Maxon and Douglas and they're identical. 210 for diesel, 205 for unleaded. Mother of yeah, God, you're yeah. saying that soon would be 250 for diesel, 240 for unleaded, you're saying? Exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate, you know, and uh, that's where we're heading. You know, as I was talking yesterday, and you mentioned some of the, the, the facts that we mentioned about uh, driving in Ireland, what our, our, our colleagues here in UCC have looked at is how we use our car, you know, and 40% of the petrol and diesel that we use, uh, Neil, over the year goes into are used for trips that are relatively short. You know, for, for me, um, that's um, more likely to be 80%, you know, out and back from Douglas to Corrahina all the time. But what else, what else are we supposed to do? Yeah, and, and this is, look, I suppose one of the, some of the things that we will have to do is think very carefully now when and how we will use our car, you know, um, particularly around using it for recreational trips. I think, you know, we'll be looking back to the times of, of COVID where we'll do our recreational trips a lot closer to home. Um, and again, many of the things that we will have to do and people are starting to think about now is things that are, you know, that that, that, that people did already in, the, in the, the, the last oil crisis in the 80s that our parents and grandparents did, uh, you know, giving people lifts, walking as much as you can, taking your bike. No, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, it, it's very obvious that if you're young and fit and healthy and well, a lot of these things, uh, you know, they may cause inconvenience, but you'll be able to do them. The real challenge in of the course is that if you're someone who's ill or someone yeah. who's vulnerable or someone who's not able, or not on a bus run, the most, or not on or a not bus on run, transport, yeah. or if you have to carry kids to school, you know, yeah. Yeah. that is, they're the ones who will be hit hardest uh, uh, by this, um, uh, by this, uh, by, by this crisis. And, and how, that's going to be very, very difficult. When will it all back off and things start to settle again and we get back to proper pricing does that mean because you you were saying to me that there seems to be a perfect storm going on it's not just about the Ukraine war is it? 
It's primarily the Ukraine war at the moment, but uh, folks, what's happening, even if the war is resolved, and please God it will, Neil, in the next couple of weeks, even if the war is resolved, there is no huge reputational risk done to Russia. Russia are no longer seen as a trustworthy source of energy or a trustworthy provider of energy to Europe and the world. So I would expect prices to remain high for the next year or two. Now, if there is a resolution in the conflict, and please God there will, we would expect prices to drop a, a little bit. But unfortunately, I can't see, you know, prices will hover around the two euro a litre mark for the for the foreseeable future. And that's because of that, 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 that absence that Russian oil would have on the global market. Foreseeable future, is that in terms of months or years? I would say months, unfortunately, Neil, you know, because, and again, that would reflect the timelines, you know, that it takes to bring new oil onto the market. But what we would expect to happen Again, looking back to the oil crisis in the 70s and the 80s, just people will start using their car less. You know, people will start to use, you know, they'll, they'll share trips, they'll do car pool, pooling, people will do a little bit more remote working, people will just use their car less, and, and that's how people will tend to shield themselves a little bit from these prices. It doesn't shield you completely, but that's what's happened in the past, and that's what will probably happen again in the future. So we will never, ever again see the 120 to 120, one t- maybe 30 a litre anymore, no? It's 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 impossible to say. You know, it's you know. Two years ago, I was I was writing a piece for for one of the papers about how I was expecting oil and petrol to go under a euro liter. That was during the COVID times when there was an oversupply of uh, of petrol and diesel in the world, and none of us were driving. You know. And that, that, that was two years ago. And two years later, now we're talking about, you know, two euros, two euros, 50. So it's really impossible to know. But what I would say to people listening to this morning, you know, try and use your car less. Uh, you know, look to your neighbours, look to your friends. If you're going to the shops, try and double up on trips. Um, you know, watch out for those recreational trips. Um, uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're fit, young, able and healthy, try and cycle as many of those trips as you can. And help your neighbours out, you know, people who are elderly, people who are vulnerable, yeah, who might be able yeah. to do the shopping, well, you know, chip you, in and help people out. Yeah, but what would you say then where people are paying... What were they paying? 80 or 90 cents a litre for home heating oil? They're not paying 170 or north of it. Um, what, what, what's the solution to them? It's, I, know we're com- I know we're coming out of the winter, so it'd be an awful lot worse if this was November. I get that. Uh, but what advice could be given to them? They need to heat their homes. Yeah, yeah it is. And, and the, 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 again, and it depends on where you are in life and the age you are and whether you have an illness or not. But if you're, again, if, you're, if your family is, is fit and healthy and well, turn down your thermostat. You can reduce your oil consumption by about 10 or 15% by reducing your thermostat to about 18 degrees. If you want to go a bit further, bring it down to 17 degrees. Now, we think about it like, you know, if, if it's a lovely summer day outside and 17 degrees and you go outside, you'll go outside in a T-shirt. You yeah. know, uh, so keeping your house to uh, most Irish homes are heated to 21 degrees, reducing that to 18 degrees will save you about 15%. The other thing, Neil, that we can all do is it costs a little bit of money, but it saves in the long run, is getting your boiler serviced. Getting your oil boiler or your gas boiler serviced will probably save you about another 10% on top of that. And of course, then, you know, look, I'm sitting at home here today and wearing two or three jumpers. Again, folks, that things that are that, that people did during the, the last oil crisis, pe- things that our, our parents and grandparents did, wrap up well in home, you know, at home. I work in UCC, you know, I see students coming in sometimes in the middle of February, they're wearing shorts, they're wearing hoodies. Yeah. You know, that has to stop. A bit of cop on will go a long way in a lot of this crisis. It won't shield us completely, but it will help us reduce our exposure to these uh, excessive costs. One so final question before turn the down. Yeah, they say if you turn even one degree, it will hurt the Russian war, apparently, they say. So that you could, your part in the war could be turning your thermostat back. Just one final question before I let you go. Why haven't more people converted their vehicles to liquid petroleum gas? I'm told you can do it for about a thousand euro. And, it's, and when we checked the pumps this morning, Claire came back to me and said, it's 92 cent a litre. 
Yeah, to be honest, I don't know. I don't know. I suppose yeah. it hasn't got a lot of visibility. I suppose really what's captured the public imagination in terms of cars is EVs. Now, if you're driving an EV at the moment, you are you are very much shielded from all these yeah. these costs. You know, I get that. Um, but for yeah. LPG, I'm not sure. Yeah, but it's a great it's a great alternative, isn't it? Uh, Ninety two cent a litre of the pumps this morning. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, that's kind of look echoes of the past and in the last oil crisis in the eighties and the seventies. That was the real. It was a time of innovation. It was a time of trying new things. LPG, electric vehicles, you know, car sharing. All these things grew out of that. So it will be hard over the next first, the next few months, but a lot of good ideas and a lot of hopefully a bit of social solidarity will come out of it as well. All right, listen, it's great to catch up with you. Thank you so much, Paul. Appreciate you taking the call. Have a great day, Dr. Paul right. Dean, senior research fellow at UCC. Uh, text oh eight six eight one. 4106. We're back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. I see a lot of text coming in on this, including the billions and billions of barrels of oil that we have at the Barry Row site just off Kinsale, just lying there. We wouldn't need to be worried about anybody giving us fuel if we had access to that. And of course, who's to blame for it? The Greens, they say. Text here says, you're not that naive. The Green Party are the worst thing that ever happened to this particular government. They hold the balance of power. It's their way or no way. This is all about the Greens with regards to the reduction of uh, petrol and, indeed, diesel. John, good morning. Now, you've used liquid petroleum gas for years, is that right? That's correct, Neil, in the taxi, yeah. Okay, and I I heard that you sent a photograph of um, a Kildare garage selling liquid petroleum gas for as low as 85 cents yesterday. Oh, yeah, you can still get that in the city at that price, Neil. We still have it in the city, in our city. One of the stations are still selling it that, but most of them, some of them have gone up as far as one thirty a litre. Okay. I, I don't know. It, it's beyond comprehension how they can be. Because the average price costed. today, according to the chart that was provided with for today, the 9th of March, is 92 cent per litre. Even at that, Neil, you'd understand some increase if they're going to increase, but not an increase up to one thirty a litre. Like one of the garages up in the north side is charging for us. And so what, what would the average be? Well, about that, Neil, around the 90 cents. I mean, as I said, you can. some of the gallons are 85 cents a litre. Some of them are 92 and 93. Okay. Okay. Uh, but there is one particular gallon up in the north side. Um, one thirty. charging 130 for a litre of gas. I mean, that's, and that's ludicrous. How, like, how many, how many cars actually run on liquid petroleum gas? I imagine there's a fair few of them. I mean, why would four different or five different gallons in the city have this LPG facilities if they weren't selling it, Neil. Okay, and is and it I easy to convert a car over from petrol or diesel to LPG? Well, Neil, does your show talk me into it about five years ago? You interviewed a guy called Robert up in Cork Gas that was talking about these LPG conversions. Do you remember he went to the Yeah, I do remember it. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what put, I, I went up the following day and asked him and that's when I got the car converted. And how much did it cost you, albeit five years ago? Oh, I think it was about a thousand euros yeah. at the time, though. Yeah, and I don't think it's far off that now. I don't know. Again, it is Robert to be. You'd be asking a question. I would know. Neil, what I did want to ask is, why did diesel suddenly become more expensive than petrol when it's a, a cheaper fuel to produce? It's, it's cheaper to refine. I, I don't understand that diesel was always cheaper than petrol. Always. Yeah, but it, the government didn't make the diesel more expensive. Yeah, I mean, I've, the VAT and the, and the interest were all the same on both fuels. They should have went up accordingly. Like I, petrol still should be. 15 or 20 cents dearer than, than diesel. But and now the, the gamages, most of them have outpassed that. They have, yeah. More diesel. yeah. They're but selling more diesel, Neil, and they're, 
taking advantage of the public. Do you think there's profiteering going on then? Of course, that's the typical sign of it, Daniel. It's 100%. Diesel was 15 cents cheaper than petrol. I know because they're selling more diesel, it's no more dealer. Okay, okay. Do you drive a taxi? I do indeed, Neil. So will, you know what, me well, Neil. I do, I do, but I just want people to know that you drive a taxi. Will you, you guys are looking for an increase in fares, justifiably, to be quite honest. Will you get it? I, again, Neil, I, that's something I don't know. And look, let's take the ride up just before you. The government or whoever would just kind of say, like, suck it up and get on with it. Probably we'll be in the same situation. I don't know. Okay, okay. How long did it take to convert your car and did it do any difference to performance? No, there was no difference to performance and it took about 24 hours. He took the car in the morning and the following kind of midday I had it back. Um, and no, Neil, here's the thing. Gas is green. It's as green as it can get. I don't know. I think, he, like, you let your gas cook inside your house, you can breathe them fumes inside your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so uh, it, just, you know, so it made no difference to performance or acceleration. Do, and it, okay, so we know that it's about 85 to 95 cent a litre. Um, but do you use more of it? Are you filling up more? Are you losing in that way? Well, when I was speaking to Robert originally, he told me an engine running on gas will burn about 5 to 10% more because it's working a little bit harder to, to perform. But again, when you take the savings into cars, you're still saving nearly half on your fuel car. Okay, yeah, five to ten cent is not a problem when you're paying half the price of petrol and diesel. Well, percent, it was percent. He said it'll take, if you speak to me, he said it'll the exact figure. I'm just trying to remember yeah. my memory, what he told yeah, me. Yeah, gotcha. But he did say that, he did say that the, the gas will run slightly more. Like if you got ten litres out of your out of your petrol you'll probably get nine and a half out of your gas now is the time to be looking at converting isn't it really more so than ever well, now well I think I think the Dacia car that's coming out now are dual fuel a lot of them are you get gas and petrol they'll run on both and a lot of European countries have been that way for years because every European gallery winter LPG is on the forecourt and Robert again just remind me where, where did you say he was doing the conversions He's up in Fortune, uh, Cork car, car Gas, it's called me. Cork Car Gas, must give him a bell. Thanks for the update. Glad it's working out for you, John. Appreciate it. Take okay, care. Text 0868104106. LPG Cork prices, 89 cent a litre at O'Brien Service Station in Bond Abandon Road. 84 cent per litre of liquid petroleum gaff, gas at O'Donovan Service Station, Lehman Cross and Balancholic. So there's a couple of visa- examples for you. 89, Bandon Road, 84, Balancholic. Back after 10, text 0868 I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Prenderville Show Okay, I can go through some text then Text 0868104106 So what do we know at this stage? Well, one of the things we learned this morning is the huge difference between petrol and diesel and liquid petroleum gas and I hope to talk to those that do conversions on cars. Probably not today, unless someone's listening that actually does them and can tell us a little bit more. And then we've called blocked in on that one over the next day or two. Unless you're a converter yourself and you want to get in touch, text 0868104106. So uh, the prices that I got, uh, this was last night, and I'm only talking about Douglas, who was able to take some shots of it, was uh, 210 for diesel, 205 uh, for petrol. So you will see uh, unleaded come down by 20 cent a litre after midnight tonight, and you'll see diesel come down by 15 cent a litre from midnight tonight. But uh, Paul Dean has his finger on the pulse of it all at UCC, and he says that price increases for petrol and diesel are two weeks behind barrel prices and locked-in prices at wholesale levels. 
which means that we will ultimately go to between 240 and 250 a litre. So the government's 20 cent on petrol and 15 cent on diesel would go absolutely nowhere because those um, reductions on excise would be gobbled up in a matter of, I don't know, days, certainly weeks. Um, so more are calling and more opposition parties are calling more. They're looking for a 50% cut immediately on excise duties on petrol and diesel. Text 086 on that one. Interesting, a text from a bus air and driver says, um, and this is about balance really uh, and, you know, looking at it from both sides. He says, uh, bus air and never stopped buses during the pandemic. The private companies that were contracted to Bus Aaron did stop during the pandemic, but Best Bus Aaron kept on paying them. So the 5,000 a week that they're losing now, they got during the pandemic when they were not operating. So um, you're saying one balances and counteracts the other. Uh, they were paid when they weren't working through the pandemic. And so their losses now because of petrol and diesel increases should be absorbed by the profits they made when they weren't. Um, I believe that was also the case for anybody that was driving special needs children uh, who weren't being driven during the pandemic. They were also paid by Bus Aaron and the state, even though they weren't driving kids to special needs schools. I only mentioned that in passing. Text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines we go. Damien, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are uh, you? I was talking with Carney's coaches earlier. You have, and I think uh, Michael Collins mentioned you, West Cork Connects. Yes. Is that a bus service? Yeah, that's the bus service. That uh, new bus service over the last couple of years that travels from uh, West Cork to Cork City every day. We have services uh, that run from Skibreen through Clannacilty and Bandon, and we have services that run from Bantry through the Manway, Bandon and Skeen to Cork. On a daily basis. Yeah, so. I think we spoke about that back when you kicked off. I think, yes. uh, and and you yeah. do that. You do that um, in 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 tandem with what Boss Aaron do. Is that you just you just give extra yeah, we, choice? Yeah, we we've the same license. We, so theirs is the two three seven and, and the two three six, and ours would be the two three zero service and the two two nine. We've exactly the same licenses from from the National Transport Authority to okay. run. Okay, um, theirs will be run as a PSO. They would call theirs public service obligation, which means that. The taxpayer pays for their service every day of the week. Um, whether our one is a commercial venture, we fund it ourselves. And do you have money? Bu- do you have many buses running on a daily basis? Uh, yeah, we between Bantry and Skibbereen, we run sixteen services a day. The Cork, like, so we would run as many as what Bus Aaron would run. Crikey! But yet so, you won't be dealt. You won't be dealt in the same manner as Bus Aaron with regards to um, uh, diesel deals. No, no, not a hope. No, they don't. They don't pay the excise from what I can believe on it. Um, they don't pay that. Look, it costs millions and millions for taxpayers to run their service. Yes, at this point in time, we, we would carry well over 80% of the people every morning from West Cork. They would carry about 20% of it now. So, and again, that's because of the difference in, in prices. We, 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 they, would be, they would be in around 34 euros return for an adult from Skibbereen. We would be only 18 euros. Um, how, can you do, like, how can you do it for half the price and run, you know, you clearly you're getting 80% of the business because you're half the price, but how can you do it? Well, I suppose it wouldn't be even half, well, look, we can do it because that's, that's the figures that, that's, that's what's needed to run the service. Like, we run, we run it and we're profitable. I mean, we started before COVID, we ran the whole way through COVID without stopping, um, and those are the figures that, that are needed to, to run that service. So and why is it needed? Why does €34 Euro needed for a bus Aaron bus to run it? Um, I suppose it was, there was no competition. It's easy to charge prices, Neil, when, when you don't have competition. If there's no other way of getting to the city, like... Um, you can charge what you, you know, want. You can charge what you want. And it took us three years to get a licence. 
So and like and and licenses are very very hard to get to compete. I mean, I can tell you, our service was going so well that we 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 applied last October to run a service from Skibreen on the hour every hour to Cork City, and we still haven't been given that license yet. The government will make money out of us running our service. It won't cost the government or the taxpayer a penny. Like. Well, you'll be you know, paying all of the taxes that a private company pays. And on top of that, you'll be paying full excise on all your fuel. Yes, we pay full excise. When I started, Neil, when I started in February 2020, this service, my fuel bill was 108 a litre. 108 per litre. Now, you're talking every one of my buses would burn in the region of 150 litres a day to do that service up and down. So, like, we're, we're burning a lot of fuel. I mean, the, the cost at the moment is is. Crippling, crippling. So from one oh eight to two ten, what is your fuel yep. bill this week, for instance? Any idea? My fuel bill this week, I think it's 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 costing us at at the moment it's it's gone up um in the region of seven thousand euros a week extra than what we were than what we were paying on fuel like so. And what does that mean then to the uh, viability of your business? Ah, look, Neil, it's tough. Look, we're very lucky. We're over 50 years in business, so we have the resources to keep going and keep through this. Like, and we're lucky that way, you know what I mean? Um, but it's very hard. Um, and one of our bigger problems we see at the moment, Neil, is that the people are packing up their cars. Our early morning services now, we're having to put in extra buses, which is costing us money because uh, we're full to capacity in the morning. The amount of people going to work that are now using the service to get there, um, I, I, I never thought I'd see it happen, Like, mm. but um, people are like, so unfortunately not alone the cost of fuel, but it's now costing us to put on air buses to carry half a load extra up and on the road, because we don't want to leave people at the bus stops. It's not good for business to do that. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a knock-on effect like on it. And, and, and like the other, the other problem for us is, look, um, we've got a very out-of-touch government, we've got a minister there that's very, very out of touch. I mean, every decision he makes, definitely Neil, is made on a Dublin basis. Like, I mean, he brought in this new rule where he was going offering 20% off to all public transport. I don't think he even realised there was commercial ventures out yeah, there because in his yeah. head. Yeah, Dart and Lewis exist. He, he only thought well. of Lewis, the Dart. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't understand that there's commercial. Look at Aircoach, GoBus, Cove Connect, Dublin Coach. They're all commercial ventures ourselves, you know, and, and he's going to exclude all of us. Do you believe that you shouldn't be paying excise on fuel? No, we shouldn't. Come here, they're they're, they're looking to get, like, as Michael Collins always says, he's talking out of both sides of of their mouth to government. Like, they're on about, oh, we need to get people into buses, we need to get people on public transport, we need to get people out of cars. But then he charges us the full VAT on the fuel, the full excise on on the fuel. He makes it very hard for us to give cheaper prices. You know? And, like, um... Look, if our idea of our service is to run it as cheap as possible up the road and make profit, which we are doing, but, I mean, if he gave us the excise off, if he gave us the VAT off the fuel and dropped it, we could run cheaper services for people up and down the road. And you're aware from what um, Dr. Paul Dean is telling us from UCC, that it's going to continue to increase, that you could go to 240, 250 a litre. We're we're looking ourselves at 250 a litre is what we're thinking it's going to go to. And... Neil, the, the 15 cent off is a complete waste of time because it actually went up 15 cent last night. It'll be gone I, in days, yeah. It'll be gone. It needs to be a cap. Either cap it at 150 or 160 or something. Cap what? Cap, cap the fuel prices. Cap sh- it. Sh- cap sh- you, cap the price of diesel. You, you can't tell private producers of oil how much they can charge for it. No, but the government are going to have to take the hit, Neil. They're, they're making a fortune out of this. They have to take the hit for a couple of months. Look at, okay, if diesel is one euro 
a litre and they're getting vat in it, they're getting 23% vat. If diesel goes to €2, Euros, they're getting 46 cent vat. They're making money over this. I mean, the higher it goes, the more they're making. You know, so they need to... So how much, like how much are they making? Like Paul Dean said they're making 50 cent a litre uh, in every euro. Which is that's an excise only. Only, that's so only the, vat, the VAT then would bring it to the 63 cent a euro. It would bring it more than that, I'd say. Yeah, okay. well, 63 cent a euro, yeah, that's what they yeah, would do, yeah. yeah including yeah. including the VAT, that's what it brings it to. So they're like, the government are laughing all the way to the bank with this. They're making, they've been very slow to make a change. I mean, this country is going to come to a halt, Neil. It's, it's going to come to a halt in a couple of weeks if this doesn't stop. Okay. Because it, it's affecting everybody. Every, everybody there. So like, um... But look, I listened to Roy on there a while ago, um, like Carney from Carney's Coaches. He, he, I don't do school runs like that, but he does a lot of them there. He does 75 um, school buses a day and he doesn't know how no more he can operate. He does. And do you know what, Neil? I just want to come as defence there because he, he, he couldn't defend himself there. No. You, you said just before that, that he got paid or all these school bus fellows got paid the whole way through for not carrying people to school. No, they didn't, Neil. And I know this for a fact because bus and school buses and the private school buses all stopped. Well, certain school buses didn't continue bringing people to school because people weren't at school. So, and they did get 50%. They didn't get 100%, they got 50%. Oh, well, I'm glad you clarified that. It was the text just said because, they got paid. They yes, didn't get the full amount, they got 50%. Okay. They, they got 50%, and that was only towards keeping a fleet in the yard, keeping the vehicles insured. They also kept all their drivers employed. So, you know, you have to give credit where credit is due with these guys. They, they didn't get it, and it's very unfair to say that. And take our service private-wise, yes, it was very easy. Yes, it was very easy for Bosnian to keep going to the whole So the shops stayed open. We stayed running our service the whole way through. People stay working in hospitals. But remember one thing, the taxpayer, like you and me, we, we still paid to keep them running the whole way through. Yeah. It wasn't like they were dipping into their own pockets. Yeah. I dipped in, I dipped into COVID funds. I dipped into money that we had, that we had put away to keep the service going and everything. I was dipping into it day by day, Neil, watching my account go down and go down and go down. Yeah. It's very easy to stay open when you're spending someone else's money, Neil. Yeah, yeah, but try spending your own and stay open is a totally different true, situation. True, true, true. Damien, thanks for taking the call. Well, appreciate you, the thank update. You thank you. Damien Long from West Cork Connect. Text 0868 Pick up the phone on 0818 Lots of texts on oil. The cost is to refine it at the refinery plant, says John. That's why you're seeing it go up and up and up. Yeah, but then why is it costing more to refine at the refinery plant? People should be using green diesel, says Philip and Bandon. Um, well, start using it and get caught and you'll be prosecuted, of course. Um, I ordered oil Saturday. I asked for 200 euro. The least was 300 that they'd come out for. I'll be waiting two weeks. It was 160 a litre. I was told if I don't take it now, it'll double in price in a fortnight. So I had to order the 300. I can pay cash when he calls. I got it last November and it cost me 73 cent a litre in November. I got, I got 190 litres now for my 300 euros. So 73 cent in November, 160 at the start of March. When you order, the wholesaler locks in the price with the supplier. The flip side is if the price went down, you'll still pay the price agreed, says Rob. Yeah, but some aren't. They're saying we can't guarantee a price until the lorry actually arrives at your property. Why are the oil companies having different rules? I ordered today and can I, I can only order 500 litres max from them, but they won't take payment until the day of delivery. I've been buying oil the last 30 years. This has never happened before. I always pay on the day and the price is locked in. Uh, Lee Oil took an order of 200 euro. They didn't ask for the money in advance. 
I paid in cash. They told me that the refinery has put restrictions on supply and there's a two-week delivery backlog. Will you please tell anyone who's paid for oil they've not received to contact their bank and ask to do a chargeback? Heard you comparing the prices of oil barrels from 2008 to now. Barrels of oil are priced in US dollars. Since 2008, the exchange rate euro to the US dollar has depreciated by 26%. That's in euro. Uh, since the cost of the barrel of oil has increased by 26%. Um, go figure that, says Rob. Um, what else have we got? I can remember paying 143 in 2008 for petrol when oil was €130 Euro a barrel. Why isn't it the same now? Filled up this morning a White's Cross garage. Diesel was 188 Petrol was 190 Cheapest I've seen around Cork, says Claudia. I wonder if it's changed since yesterday morning. Uh, cap petrol and diesel at 170 for one month and then review it again. The government should take the hit. They'll still be raking in huge amounts of money. It takes pressure off the general public. It takes pressure off businesses. Hungary already has a system like this in place where they capped petrol and diesel and 170 is a good number. Uh, Lee Oil is great. I've never been asked to buy any minimum amount uh, and it's always the next day delivery. If people are having trouble, they should swap their suppliers. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number, 0818-104-106. Breaking news, that was a fairly rapid cabinet meeting. Well, unfortunately, they have just agreed to the reduction in fuel excise duty and they agreed, as suspected, to 20 cent uh, per litre cut on petrol and a 15% litre cut on diesel. And they've said that that 20% cut on petrol, 15 on diesel, is up until August 31st. Now, those decreases in excise and what have you will be gobbled up in the coming days and weeks with regards to ever-increasing fuel prices. So they didn't go for 50 cent a litre, as some had wanted. They didn't go for a 50% reduction in excise, as people thought might be the right thing to do. And they didn't go for a cap, which could have said, okay. The cap would have been, all right, we're going to put the price of petrol and diesel at a euro 70 at the pumps and we'll absorb everything else thereafter. And if it continues to increase, the government and the state and the taxpayer indirectly will pay for it. So they didn't go for the cap. They didn't go for a 50% cut in excise. They didn't go for a 50 cent reduction on petrol and diesel per litre. They went for the 20 off petrol and 15 off diesel. So not much to see there, unfortunately. And it's just been agreed. Uh, meanwhile, I mentioned earlier on that we had a, just a very quick GoFundMe for the past 36 hours. Casey's Furniture gave me 10 grand to give to uh, the Red Cross and I thought it'd be a good idea to double it. And we did. And it went to 20,030 euros. So I'm going to close it there. That was the deal. If we got it to 20, we'd close it and we'd pass it on uh, to the Irish Red Cross. And I also promised over the last day or two that I would hook up with the Red Cross. And Ted Noonan is the, re- Ted Noonan is the regional director of the Red Cross Southern Region and joins me by phone. A lot of different points to make and questions to answer, I'm sure. Uh, Ted, good morning to you. Good morning, Neil, and thank you for having us on. Well all. done on the 20,000. Fantastic. And you're more than welcome to it from the people of Cork and indeed all of the su- support for Ru- Ukraine over the past couple of weeks. And I know that there's huge amounts of aid going to Ru- Ukraine. We had an Arctic go there. Katrina Toomey's on the way with lots of art. We had a van and a trailer go which dropped their load, medicine, uh, toiletries, um, you know, things that people might need, inflatable mattresses and sleeping bags, warm clothing. Um, where, where, will it, where will it all go, you know, when it hits the border, say, with, with Poland? 
Well, I, I'm not sure where the stuff that's going out by the trucks go. From the Red Cross point of view, we send out cash, and the cash then is used at the, for the, with the various national societies. Uh, and again, purchasing food, clothes, um, medicines, uh, providing healthcare, nurses, doctors, um, and even down to the fact that we might even give SIM cards so that people can actually keep in touch with their families. That's right, simple uh, things. They were also looking, yeah. yeah, you're right, they were looking for power banks and USB charging yeah. cables and batteries and things like that. Yeah, and also then, uh, in some cases, the Red Cross will give money and cash to help them on their armor journey. Yeah. Because as you can see, they're traveling long journeys and they can't carry very much with them. So uh, cash, giving them cash will help them, uh, help them along the way, you know. So, do, you have, and would, so that, do you have staff in Ukraine, like NGOs and things like that? Yes, the 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 the, the, the staff, the Red Cross, there's a Red Cross in every country, really, and the Ukrainian Red Cross currently are working inside, um, are working inside the Ukraine, obviously, and and helping out uh, in maintaining and t- training people in first aid, uh, dealing with the injured, and so forth, and yeah. providing health, uh, health care, and so forth. So they're very busy, and they're help, they're actually involved also with helping the fire service and combating the various yeah. fires and so yeah. forth. So, Were you blown away? Was the Red Cross in Ireland blown away by the public generosity on this? It really did touch people's hearts. Well, if you look at it, the whole thing really took off in one week. And I mean, the amount of money, the Red Cross to date, I think we nearly have 13 million euro in now at the moment. And of that 13 million, there's nearly 3 million gone out to the the International Federation of the Irish. 13 million in Ireland alone. Did you ever see the likes of that before? Um, Well, the Red Cross during the tsunami 2004, uh, the Red Cross brought in nearly 31 million. So that was the biggest. But this one... In such a short time, like 13 million is phenomenal. Okay, okay. Two million people, at least two million refugees have left Ukraine. And the figure that's been put on those that will come to this country could be upwards of 100,000. What's being put in place now? There must be a lot of logistical things to be sorted, are there? Okay, well, last weekend uh, it was announced and it was made by uh, Minister O'Gorman there regarding the... um, and the, the Refugee Protection Programme managed by the Irish Government, Department of Children, Equality, Disability and Integration and Youth. So they've now set up a register and we're now working with them and we have now set up a register for pledgers. Um, so if you want to go on the Red Cross uh, website, you go Red Cross uh, pledge of, uh, Register of Pledges and it'll take you through the process. And what we're actually looking for are uh, two things really, and maybe three. A pledge of spare rooms. So if you have spare room capacity in your house, there's a six-point plan that you go through on that. Then there's the pledge for vacant property. So if you have vacant property, and we're looking at maybe between six and 12 months um, commitment on that. So you just, once you've filled out the pledge on the Red Cross website, uh, you'll receive a phone call then from a trained um, professional who will take it, who will go through with a kind of an interview with you. Mm. Um, then, at your convenience, and the Red Cross and the Cooperative Housing Ireland will meet you at your property for a brief assessment. Assuming the assessment is favourable, we'll try to match you and the property to a suitable person who newly who are newly arrived in Ireland under the Irish Refugee Protection Programme. Like, there would a spare room be a person and a vacant property could be a family? Is it? Uh, a vacant property could be someone that has a, um, a house that's empty. 
But you put a family of refugees in there, perhaps? Yes, yes. That, all that assessment will be done as they arrive. So that's the importance of the, of the register. So far, we have 6,000 um, pledges. Pledges, yeah. And, but we have to go through all that because some of the points that would be very important there would be the closeness to hospitals or the closeness to schools or whatever the case may be. So so what I'd ask you to do and, and the people of Cork to do is to you know, sign up and pledge if if things change and you can't do it, well, let's go, okay. But at least if you pledge and so forth, and what we're looking for, if they're in a house and sharing it, they, they would have facilities that they could use the kitchen and cook food or have the bathrooms and showers and things as well. So yeah. apart from giving you a bedroom, like they, they need it, they, you know, they need to have um, access to the other amenities in the house as well. Yeah, yeah. Just we were chatting about it this morning. What happens if, I mean, and I hope that it doesn't happen, but that people don't kind of gel or, or get on or it doesn't work out. Are you, are you committed to a, a 12-month stay? Uh, you're not, no. People, that will happen. People may not get on or things might work out as planned. So things can... Um, change. Yeah. So the Irish Cross then will have a caseworker who will keep in touch with the families, uh, the hosting families and so forth. So if things start to go wrong or if things need to be adjusted in some way, well then your caseworker will contact, you can contact them and then they will assist you and you know, as you say, maybe if, if people need to move on, they can move on. You know, or if someone has to withdraw because of other circumstances, well, then they can do that too. Okay. And what are the government doing? I mean, you, you're doing what you're doing with the pledges, register of pledges. But, um, like, how many people have already arrived into Ireland, for instance? I, I haven't got the number on that. But as far as we know from head office this morning, a lot of the people coming in at the moment are coming to meet family. Uh, as such, I, we ha- we're not aware. I'm not aware anyway. So they haven't been put in bed and breakfast, or they haven't been not put yet, in not hotels, not right? Has the government yet. a plan to pick up the slack in any of that? Do you know? I say they probably will. Yes, yeah. But they're very much reliant on Irish families. That's yes, that's the plan. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. And, and, and properties. And, and and properties. And and of course, this like this is. From the goodness of people's heart and, and generosity, they, they yes. don't get any anything. There's no payment for this or anything like that. No, no. But again, if there are situations that um, people need to talk to their caseworker, they can regarding maybe the special requests and something that may be required. Uh, like once they sign up and pledge and once they're on the Red Cross list, uh, they will be looked after by the caseworkers. So if there's any situations that crop up regarding unforeseen costs and things, well, then that can be met as well. Okay. And how many are you looking to? You're, you say 6,000 families have already registered. That's yes. a lot of families, incidentally. Yes, but uh, again, there'll have to be an interview process. I mean, they, they go through that and maybe not all 6,000 will be suitable. Yeah, I know. So, that, yeah, yeah. so know, what, what so. figure would you need to cover potentially 100,000? Oh, I don't know, really. Um, 25,000 families anyway. I'd say so, yeah. At yeah. least, yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The figure actually of those it, that have arrived is so just over 20,000 refugees already. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, if, and, and then if you look at the, the pledging, if you don't have a room and if you don't have a house, you can also go on the pledge, uh, the register of pledges and pledge services. So you might have people with special skills that can help out in the community when they would arrive in the community because they're going to become part of your community. Um, and you can also pledge goods so that can all be done. Once you pledge, we know then what's available and we know what help is needed. And okay. we can 
bring the whole lot together. Because ultimately, all of those people, the very vast majority of them, will want to go back to their homeland ultimately, won't yes. they? Yeah. Yes, they will, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, so I, I believe that one, one third of the population in the Ukraine like, is displaced at the moment. Okay, and we're doing the best we can to help in any way possible. Okay, so that uh, register of pledges can be found at www.redcross.ie, I'm sure. Correct, yeah. 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 And, then and even, just, even just Google Red Cross pledge, uh, register of pledges and it'll come up as well. So. Okay, and do you also st- continue to look for financial support? Yes, yes, yeah. very much so. Um, you know, that will be ongoing. I mean... This could go on for years when yeah. it looks at things. Yeah, who it's knows? Not, well, it's not going to be. It's not going to be finished anytime soon. No, it's not because you look at the damage that's been done to villages and yeah. towns and cities. Many of them blitzed and flattened. You know, yes. pe- they're people's homes. Yes, yeah, it's a frightening situation, and, and it's very fluid at the moment. Okay, all right. Listen, thanks for catching up. You explained a lot this morning. Thank you, Ted. Okay, thank you very Appreciate much. Appreciate it, Ted thank Noonan, you. regional thank director of the Red Cross Southern Region. So, www.redcross.ie register of Pledges. You'll even find that on a Google search. You can text 086 8104 We've got calls on the way after the break. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818 Just to correct you, Neil, Eamon Ryan only cycles from his hotel. He stays in five minutes away from Dal Aaron uh, for media photos. His chauffeur-driven Merck takes him home on Thursday evening after they say the goodbyes in the Dal Bar until Tuesday for the panto to start again. Add in the fact that our uh, Minister Carbon Footprint, Damon Ryan, had or still has a 2.2 litre petrol car. You couldn't make this up. I'm self-employed. I've just done a quick analysis and projections. I'm locked into contracts with my clients. I drive a thousand kilometres per week. I can't raise my prices until July. From today, it's costing me money to work. As in, you're working at a loss. If fuel prices don't come down in the next four to eight days, I'll be out of business by the end of March. If that happens, I'm out of here. The country is a madhouse run by lunatics who couldn't be more more out of touch if they lived on Mars, says Paddy. That's an interesting text because Anthony says, I know I won't be very popular for saying this, but I'm not a bit happy with the amount of Ukrainian people the government are taking into the country. We have a broken health system. We have a broken housing system as it is. And now where exactly are all these people going to live? It's like the blind leading the blind, says Anthony. Well, the proposal is in people's homes or properties that they aren't using. And that's what the Red Cross conversation was about. But I can't disagree with you at all about the broken housing system. And I hope to have an interview a little later on to explain just that to you. And I can't disagree with you either with regards to a broken health system. And I know we say this and we tut-tut about it and pontificate about it and get angry about it. But it's been this way for nigh on 40 years and only getting worse year in, year out. I have a friend who had a bad fall um, landed on her head. Um, I won't get into too much detail about that, but it was a direct hit to the head. And um, for hours and hours afterwards... Um, and overnight was sleeping an awful lot, just wanting to sleep and sleep and sleep. And clearly there was a headache and and nausea. Um, So with a bad fall to the head and sleeping all of the time, you would think that that would be at the very least some form of concussion. Now, the worry about a head trauma like that is that there could be a bleed to the brain. And I've been in the emergency departments with bleeds to the brain in the past regarding people who play rugby um, and, uh, you know, if you get a kick to the head, of course, you, you don't know what's going on internally. But anyway, um, 
so the sleeplessness was continuing and very, very drowsy, nauseous, wanting to sleep and lie down all of the time. So you can take a gamble on something like that. So I brought my buddy to uh, the uh, A&E, or it is now called the emergency department, last night at, at 7.15. And it's only until I wasn't in there, right, because it's busy enough in there without the likes of me going, but I was outside and I stayed for a while. And it's only until you actually experience it, or perhaps as we've had many conversations on air with the good people of Cork who've gone through the system, that you realise how bad and how awful it actually is. Um, so this was at 7.15 last night at the CUH uh, A&E. And there were people queuing outside to go in. So you go up these steps into it and then there's a, a kind of a, a platform, concrete platform before you go through the main doors. But people were being stopped from going in through the main doors. So you had people queuing outside and some of them were queuing with children. Uh, I saw one dad holding up a child in pyjamas uh, outside now, about seven degrees. Could have been, you know, out, no, except it could have been colder. We've had nights when it was two or three degrees. But no child should be outside the door of an emergency department or a hospital in the pyjamas at all, full stop. But that was the case. At one stage, a dad came along with a small little baby. So people had to stay out there until they were called in one by one by one outside. So it's got so bad there now that you're waiting to get in outside before you get in at all. Um, so that was the first experience I saw. So I could see no more because it wasn't in there. But anyway, if you just move ahead then, because then you go through your, into your little little pods and you get triaged. It was about maybe a, an hour later. It's happened quite quickly. Um, but that's just to get checked to see exactly what's going on now. I'm told that the nurse that dealt with my friend was lovely, very kind, fabulous nurse, um, and had the little chat and went through what it was and figured out that it was probably mild concussion. I mean, they would say that if it was really, really bad or there was something going on inside in your head, you'd be vomiting. And that would be a serious sign then of having to go in and having to get a, would it be, I don't know, a CT scan maybe or an MRI. Um, but she said, it's probably mild concussion. Now she said, I'm only a nurse. Um, and I don't know why she said that because they play a very vital role. In fact, hers was the most vital role in the whole experience. And she was really, really kind and considerate, so I'm told. And I'll tell you why it was the only role, because um, my friend then asked, well, you know, what should I do? And she said, well, you'll be waiting between 12 and 13 hours to be seen. 12 and 13 hours to be actually seen at all. Like, we're not a third world country and we're not a country at war. And we're not a, a country occupied by a foreign army. None of that. We are none of that. Like, it's just such a scandal. And it's a scandal that's been going on for decades and only getting worse. And I have no solution to it whatsoever. I really don't. Um, but that's where we're at now. You go out to the A&D at CUH, you will get triaged and you'll get a conversation with the nurse. But to move along then, like, what, what if, for instance, it was very, very serious or a bleed to the brain, then you'd be obliged to sit there from 8 o'clock in the evening until at least 9 o'clock the next morning, 12 or 13 hours. And that's not unheard of. It's just not unheard of anymore. It's perfectly normal for people to be waiting around for that. And of course, I've dealt with calls on the air where people were waiting around for multiples of that, 24 and 36 hours. Why and how did it ever get left to get so bad? 
it's only when you experience it yourself that you realise that something's got to change. Something's got to give. There's got to be a bit of way. There really has. Your thoughts. Text 0868104106. And I'm obliged to everybody that's been texting. I don't get to all of them, uh, but I try and get to as many calls as I can. John, good morning. Oh, yeah, certainly. And thanks you. to Kate and Jim and Michael, they're all holding. So go ahead. You wanted to drill in again, pardon the pun, on the Barry Row oil find. Yeah, and then the Dublin Bay one. It's, Providence Oil took that over in 2007, and they've been looking for investment, and they tried a few places. And last November, they sold 50% stake in it to a Norwegian and Chinese companies. Now, we need to transition to wind. I'm not an anti-climate person. But I I wrote to Eamon Ryan because um, energy is important to me and my family and Eamon came back, wouldn't come back to me. He never answered me once and I wrote several times about how this wind energy was going to work. And finally I got through to, I tried Fianna Fáil, they didn't come back and then Sinn Féin did and they sent me a link. And there's 42 uh, projects for wind and hydrogen off the west coast of Ireland. One is running since 2018 one is in the process of planning, and 40 of them haven't even applied for planning yet. And they're all privately owned, and they will be charging world energy prices, just like the green companies that are supplying energy at the moment are charging the same price as fossil fuels, even though they're getting it from wind. So the plan is a shambles. And we is that part of the plan for Gugan Barra, do you know? No, this offshore, I only inquired about offshore. Offshore, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, we need energy security. We've had a chance to get energy security owned by the state. I mean, Whitegate is up for sale, and so is Whitty Island, uh, the, the oil storage terminal there, and they could buy it. And we could have government-owned energy until we can transition. And, and is, would that come from the billions and billions of barrels at the Barry Row site, then, you're saying? I thought it was that Providence couldn't get a licence to drill. They have a licence to drill, as far as my understanding, and it's 3,000 barrels a day it could produce in Barry Row alone. Plus there's gas there now as well. And that would, that would look after all of Ireland's energy needs for many decades to come? Uh, about 30 years, they reckon. There's a lot there, isn't there, to say the least? There's a lot there, and there's a lot in Dublin Bay as well. And it's in very shallow waters, in the 100 metres. That's nothing for the drilling. Who's stopping all of that? Is it the Greens are stopping it, or is it money? I or don't finance? know, and I don't actually know. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be that. They were looking for 100 million or something to start drilling. I mean, it's a drop in the ocean. Because I heard that Providence were back on to the government last November again looking for licences, or looking well, for permission oh. to start. My understanding is that they had, they had the licences and it'd be ridiculous not to start because it's fine. This wind, wind energy thing is fine, but it's, it's 30 years down the road. And even and at that stage, will it mean energy will be cheaper? No, it, will, well, it doesn't seem to be because it's a private company and private companies will charge world energy prices. Whether it's formed from wind or whether it's formed from hydrogen. But at, least, at le- but, but at least from the point of view of the climate, and it is important to our children and our grandchildren, um, right. the environment will be better for them, even if we just pay the same for our energy. Well, yes, it would be better, but we don't have it. I and mean, we won't have it for 30 years. Yeah, so drill into Barry Row. something let's, in between. Let's start using the Barry Row oil, then, you're saying. Correct, until we can transition, and then we can wean ourselves off. But... It's common sense. If if this thing is going to take 30 years to wind energy to kick in, 
then what are we going to use in the meantime? Okay. All they right. know since for years there's been volatility in the oil. This is not a, a new thing, volatility for oil production. It's been happening for years. Okay, let me get some more calls in the air. Appreciate your contribution. Thank you, John. I need to clip ahead. Michael, good morning. Would you say Dr. Paul Dean, in spite of his qualifications, is delusional? Ah, no, he's he he knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. In what way is he delusional? He might know his stuff, but he how to put it? It's falling back again on the Irish public. Like he's saying there that we need to tighten up on how much we spend, how much we travel. Like he was on about carpooling. What about people who are still anxious about COVID nineteen and all this crap? And then you have houses that aren't properly aerated. So for him to say, cut back on your heating oil and cut back on your travel, like that is delusional to me. You ask him a question then uh, with regards uh, how much of the government that you get out of a per litre and he said 50 cents. But yes, it was announced, well not announced, it was through the grapevine um, last September, October that they were getting 57 cents a litre. It's more likely now, the figure I heard was in and around 63 when you combine excise and VAT. I reckon they're getting mondial. Like, they're saying that they're getting this much, but yes, it just seems to be harsh on to the Irish public again. It just seems that we're, we're, we're footing the bill. I asked him, why, why I asked him, I, I asked him for some, I asked him for some examples as to how we could change things for the better. He's only answering that by saying things like, okay, yeah, carpooling, for instance, maybe using buses more, planning journeys more, less recreational use of the car more. I mean, they're all valid points. Turning the thermostat down from 21 to 20 or from 19 to 18, all of you that chips them, away. You may call them valid points, but I think uh, reality needs to kick in here. Like, people still need to travel to work. Carpooling is not, like, that. come, come off the stage, like, who's going to carpool? You're going to work on your own every day. Are you going to get on to three or four of your colleagues? I'll pick you up. It'll be cheaper. No, you're not. Like, come on. Carpooling, carpooling could be used. Okay, forget about the workplace. But carpooling could be used for children going to school. Again, Neil, COVID-19. People are freaked out of their head. It's not, like, come on, like. But they wouldn't, they wouldn't be. Their children are inside the school with no masks. They're playing. They're doing all of the normal things we did before COVID. So why Listen, wouldn't four, why wouldn't four or five school. people in the same estate do a day a week each if they're all going to the same school? That's not going to happen, Neil. Okay. All right. <laughs> why, like, you say it, it, it's very simple to do it. But why is it that we have to foot the bill? Why is it that the price of petrol and diesel has gone astronomically crazy and yes we're told we need to watch what we're doing why can't the government put a cap on it as you you said there was a country there that is and they're flying they capped it at 170 why yeah. can't our government do it yeah. they're still making money out of it no, they're still making excise I don't agree it. for one moment that 20 cent on the petrol and 15 cent on the diesel goes anywhere near enough that'll be gobbled up in a number of days it's 210 and 25 now it's going to go but to 240 it's coincidental then right that we're, we're helping the Ukraine, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I completely agree with the Ukrainians coming in here, and we helping them, because they're running from a war. But it's just coincidental then that petrol and diesel goes absolutely through the roof. It's, again, the public are footing the bill. The government are announcing that they're doing this, that, and the other thing. They're not doing much, to be honest, and Eamon Ryan, like... <laughs> He's an absolute joke. He can't even put a sentence together. 
Do you think he's the tail? You think he continues to be the tail wagging the dog? The only man that makes sense above in that dog is Michael Healy Ray. He dumped 20 grand's worth of calendars that the taxpayer paid for because there wasn't a hyphen between the Healy and the Ray. What's sensible about that, please? Yeah, but you're homing in on, on one negative thing about a man that actually speaks his mind above in the doll. What about the rest of them? What about Eamon Ryan and his bike? What, like, come off the stage, Neil. You're on about 20,000. Okay, 20,000. I don't agree with it. Reminded me of Tomas with the fodder, actually. For those of you that remember Tomas with the fodder, he would say to me, I paid for the fodder. I suppose he Michael speaks his mind above in that dog. And no one takes any notice of him. He said the price of a pallet of fertilizer is absolutely gone crazy. It just seems that everything is going up and up and up and up. And we're footing the bill. Yeah, he said last night that if we're a, ro- if a robber had a choice now between robbing a bank yeah. and robbing a warehouse full of fertilizer, like, he'd go for USD the fertilizer. This yeah. this USD charge, the, the, this temporary payment, how long is it in? Don't get me started on that. No, but you know what I'm saying, Neil? Like, that's, that's paying for something. But yes, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it just seems that Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael are running this country into the ground. And I can see what's going to happen. There's going to be an election where however many years down the road, Sinn Féin will get it, but they'll be handed a sinking ship. And then when they can't handle it, and, and they can't actually put the country back together, oh, sure, Sinn Féin, you got a hold of it, and you made a ball. Yeah, well, if you look at the state of our health system or our housing system, what would be the advice to a young person sitting leaving cert now? Would it be, get the hell out of Ireland on a one-way ticket ASAP? I... I, I I can't like I'm. I'm not going to say anything against our country. Like that, it, it is a great country to live in, but at the moment, it just seems that our government just hasn't got a clue. All right. Okay. And All they right. just seem, seem to they're lining their own pockets, and as soon as they're done, they'll have their terms done. They'll have their money. They'll have their pension. They'll have the driver. Like it's 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 crazy. Okay. Absolutely crazy. Thanks, Michael. Uh, right. Jim. Good morning, Neil. Are you okay to wait till after 11? Otherwise, I've only got about 60 friend. seconds. I appreciate that. I, Thank you. I will. Okay, I will. after 11 and the same for Kate. I hope you can hold on, Kate. I'm mad keen to talk to you and lots of others after 11. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Oh, it's an incredible story. I don't know if you've been following Endurance 22, the expedition that was going out, that went out to try and find the Endurance. Uh, they found it. They've just found Ernest Shackleton's ship, the Endurance, off the Antarctic coast. It hasn't been seen since it sank. It was crushed by ice and sank in the Weedell Sea in 1915. Now, that was the one that Tom Crean was on, and it did that epic across Antarctica and across island hopping uh, to safety. Um, hadn't been seen since it was crushed by ice back in 1915. They've just discovered it. It's down 3,000 metres, four miles off the original position that the ship's captain back at the time said it was at. Uh, but they found it uh, in 3,000 metres. Don't know what kind of shape it's in or anything like that, but um, it's an incredible achievement and uh, it's breaking news this morning. The endurance has been located. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. New year, new number for Neil. 0818-104-106. Some people suggesting actually why not adopt the car share to work share to school, share to training model going forward for the next few months. Uh, Caller before 11 saying that that's cloud cuckoo land. They said that the cost of the barrel is the same as it was the height of 2008. 
I never paid 192 euro 210 for diesel ever and definitely not in 2008. Where is the increase coming from? Which middleman is scooping off the cream? Um, a lot of the texts from yesterday, and I appreciate every single one of them, are now out of date with regards to the fuel prices you were giving me because people yesterday were shocked at 202 and of course now it's 210 so uh, and increasing all of the time how many of our politicians are packing their suitcases now for their air miles to head off for St. Patrick's Day air fuel is not a worry for any of them ah you know they say that it's good for the country that it brings in tourists and it brings in businesses and what have you anyway keep them coming text 0868104106 Jim good morning thanks for holding what's on your mind good, good morning yeah uh, you, you, early on the other morning you mentioned uh, a 20, uh, 20 cent reduction in, in, in uh, petrol yeah 20 on uh, petrol 15 on diesel cent yeah laughable that's laughable isn't it because that will be wiped out in approximately 5 or 6 days that'll be that'll be gone don't don't worry about that this day a week we could be talking about 250 a litre. Well, you heard Paul Dean at UCC said that that price has already been baked in, that it will in the coming month go to 240 to 250. The coming months? The coming months? The way things are going? I, I, every morning you wake up now, it's no longer two cents gone on petrol. It is averaging now about eight or nine cents. But, we have no, but, it, but if people, if, it's not, if there's no profiteering going on, we got to suck it up, baby. There's nothing we can do about well, it. Hold on, well, hold on, you see, come here to me. This, we, we, we might have to suck it up, but this is where our government come in, or supposed to come in. Like, don't get me wrong, and I don't want your listeners to think that I would be anything against migrants coming into this country. Far from it. I feel for the Ukraine people. I'm watching it every night. I cry some night looking at children and they're saying goodbye to their fathers and who must go to war and possibly might never come back. But, but, and to the big but, they're saying we're taking in 100,000 in the next few months. Yet, the government can only take 20 cents off of petrol and we can take in 100,000 extra people who, bear with me, who, be, who will get medical cards, will get free accommodation, free health care, if, if you can get into a good way luck, Well, you know, good luck to them with that unless they get their own yes. exclusive oh, hold hospital. On. Well, good hold luck on. with saying, that. You're saying good luck to that. These will be the very first people that will be looked after. We're not looking after our own people, Neil. And, and, you know, it's about time that all people stood up in this country. Like, I'm, I'm sending out a, me- a message to me, all, Martin and Leo Varadka. Ye are doomed. Ye will be wiped out. Get your P45s in order. Do you, know, be- do you know that all of the opinion polls that come out week after week after week still put the combined coalition of Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and the Greens ahead of Sinn Féin? They're still yeah, they're pro- There was an election yeah. in the morning. Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and the Greens will be back in power. Yeah, that, that poll has been taken in the doll bear. No, it's statement. not. No, these would be Red Sea, they'd be Ipsos, they're the Red, proper polls. I, 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 have, I, had, I have people, they didn't call to me well, a couple of years or, over the pandemic from the Red Sea called to me. And like I, I, I spoke to the person that was doing the interview with me and 
that person said to me every time, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael are being led up at the moment. Not, well, I don't know where that's coming from because the one I read well, at the weekend was off, the combined Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael parties alone ahead you of Sinn Féin. And do you know what also happened last week? Um, Micheál Martin's popularity went up last week. Do you know why? Because he called Vladimir Putin a thug and a bully and his popularity went up when he said that. Well, you see... Like, they like that kind well, of talk, you know. Well, come, come here to me, come here to me. Listen to me. Uh, Michal Martin shouldn't be calling that in, that to anyone, because he's bullying the Irish people with these... these like, they, they take the healthcare workers. Take the healthcare That mediocre thousand euros. That thousand euros was wiped up in, in petrol and diesel. What about the, what about the hauliers that get out of their bed at half three in the morning? Uh, uh, to earn a living, uh, you see them on the roads in Cork and Cork County, going into the White Cow in Dublin to get to get to those destinations before the cities clog up. What about those people? Well, What's I accept that. I also accept the text who said every single politician in the world gets their fuel paid for, so it's the easiest way for them to bring in money for other from others. Simple as that. Um, they they no. they're, they're never. I don't think. I remember. A, I remember a senior politician once having to be shown how to go into a a, a private car park because he didn't know how the barrier system worked. Not because it, because he always had a ministerial driver. And, and another thing, Neil. Another thing. Don't don't worry about this. The minister of agriculture. Uh, it's up to our farmers now to dig us out of a hole. Do you know? Do you know roughly? And I wouldn't be high up in this, but I'd have a fair idea. Do you know how, how, how much it'll, go, it'll cost to grow an acre of carbon? Having a clue. Nearly, nearly 5,000 euros. Because some of the farmers, they'll have to get in a contractor. The contractor, they'll have to pay for diesel. Then to be harvested, the contractor will be back again. That, you, have to, you have to prepare, you have to sit, you have to, you have to sow. Like... All right. Well, th- okay. Well, thank you for all that information. But in the in the event of you being able to make any difference, what would you suggest that they should do, Messrs. Mihal Martin and Varadkar and uh, and Ryan? Uh, have have I my facts? Have I my facts right in saying that Portugal have one talk to leader kept? It's a euro eight in Tenerife. It's plenty good to you. Well, could could you could you get some over for me? Do you think that Portugal has... Ta- I can check. Can we check that? Has Portugal I th- capped... I think, I think the, the last I heard, Portugal have, Portugal have a capped at one trophy. No. You, you had Maguire, Michael Maguire on your news bulletin there uh, less than 10 minutes ago saying we're, we're only a team player in the, in the rest of the world. Right? Listen to me, boy. He wants to stand up and, and, and smell the coffee and look after his own people because these, the, the people of Ireland are fed up and there was a man the other day, and, and you know what? I don't condone violence, and thanks to the God, it wasn't violence. It was just to bring people's attention to what's going on. He backed his lorry, his own lorry, through the gates of the Russian. I, I would have done something else to the Russian uh, the embassy. They should, they should not be in this country. That ambassador, should, ambassador should, he shouldn't be given the time of day in this country. All right. And I leave, I leave oh, just one thing, just to, just to fact check, Portugal to cap fuel prices from, fr- fr- hang on a second, this is an old story. Um, actually, it says here that they capped fuel prices last October. At? It doesn't say at, but I can get it checked, though. Um, right. I, 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 like, um, uh, I'm not saying the point of what to make, you know. But, like, I, I'll say one thing to you, and i leave you with this. And, and, I, and I, I'll phone you in 12 months' time, please, God, the health will be good for both of us. And I'll phone you about it. <laughs> you will never again see 150 elite on this country. Why not? Because the more you're getting, 
is very hard to give it up. Oh yeah, well that's true. It it rarely goes down. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, I and and I suppose the psyche of people would be they'd be happy if we have one if we have two fifty for a few months. If it ever goes to one fifty again, we'd be happy with that. You see, it, it, it won't. It, it, it won't. Or even one seventy. You know, we'd be it, happy with I, that. Because because everybody now is making money out, out of the ordinary working man who must get out of his bed at half night, half to three in the morning, go to work, and you're talking Do about you, pooling cares. You're talking about pooling cares in the states. Half the states people are not talking to one another. I won't be going tomorrow. Johnny <laughs> won't be going Wednesday. Uh, you know, just, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. But the, the, but the refugees that come in, you th- do you think that they should be given social welfare, children's allowance, medical cards, uh, and free hospital care if they're staying in family homes where there's no expense incurred to them? The refugees that come in from Ukraine, yeah, it's it's not their fault. Okay, it, they, they, they were country at war, and I I I would I would wholeheartedly welcome them, but also remember all people that's after being thrown out of the houses by by the banks. The banks. Okay. Okay. You know? Okay. Don't and forget pe- pe- The other people should think of that and take back our country and take it back fast. Okay. Thank thanks, you. Jim, as always. Appreciate you taking the call. Kate, good morning. Go ahead. Hi, Neil. How are you? Okay. So, um, people are very incensed uh, with regards to fuel prices and everybody's on top of checking prices these days. I hope it stays with us going forward. Uh, you, you're talking to me from Middleton, is it? Yeah, yeah. So just um, I just texted in there. There was something I noticed. It was um, half eight this morning. I was heading into Middleton, and you know that Circle K there at Lake Two. Yeah. The just this normal diesel was one hundred and one nine nine point. I don't know, it's four or nine. I call and that. I call that two euro a litre. Two euro. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And sure. One. Then I was listening to you on the way out then, and you were saying, oh, that they agreed the fifteen cent off the diesel and twenty off petrol. And sure, lo and behold, Lakeview had gone up to 15 cents already. So when it does kick in, they'll just be going back to the two euro like anyway. <laughs> so it makes no difference. So the 2.15 now is on what? Petrol or diesel? The diesel, I only, I drive a diesel car. That's all I'd be paying attention to, to be honest. But um, yeah, the 15 cents had been just put straight on to the price of the litre diesel already. So I presume when the government excise... Um, reduction kicks in tonight or whenever that so they lock 15 cent off so you're back to the one you the see, two euro again you, see, you, d- you don't know whether it's related to the announcement from the cabinet or not because uh, but you're like going up 15 cent like now <laughs> just in like the space of two hours like so that so all, straight away that's one petrol station for instance where the 15 cent reduction on diesel from the state will make no difference whatsoever you see absolutely it's like yeah. it's sort of just a waste of time sure it's only last it's like anything to do with, like, you get grants and stuff, sure. Oh, there's a grant, oh, sure. The whoever's, um, whatever service you need to um, get Go, the grant. Like, goes yeah, up. Put the price up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. So there's the, there's so the like, midnight there's the midnight cre- decrease gone straight away. And so if it's 2.15 for the diesel there, it's probably 2.10 for the petrol, I suppose, is it? You don't yeah, know? something like that. I wasn't paying much attention okay. now. <laughs> but the, ti- but the timing of the timing of it is the point you're making. Well made. Yeah, well made. it's a bit like coincident. Like, you know, come on. Like, pull all up, like... Oh, it's just, I don't know anymore. It's just All right. Okay, well, I don't even think if it matters. It, does it matter even to shop around anymore now at this stage, to be honest with you, you know? I don't know, because I heard Serta in Middleton, you know, then going down the old Cork Road. I heard yesterday they were 191 for a 
191 for a litre of diesel and they were sold out. So 191? Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, why that was yesterday, yeah. What are they today, so, um, I wonder? Could be. I have no idea. I wasn't up that area. Could be upwards of 210. Could be gone, it could have gone up by the 20 yeah. cent. Yeah. Okay. But just for anybody, for any nurses or who are listening out there, I suppose, um, who are joined up Dynamo, I know they have kind of a group scheme where you can get 3 cent off a litre with Circle K if that's any <laughs> not that it makes much difference and do you get that are you a nurse do you get that I yeah I'm with I, yeah yeah like yeah I do I do use it when I can like if I see that it makes a small it's only a small it's difference tiny, but sure. it's tiny when you think of the <laughs> prices tiny, now yeah yeah, 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 yeah. sure right. <laughs> so, I, at this stage now it's just I don't know sure it's gone bananas don't stress, girl. End. Don't stress. Get on with it. Take care. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks a lot. Thanks very much. Text Bye. 0868104106. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. All right, John, can you tell me what state they find themselves in? I tell you no, being honest, Joe. Um, Tom, he sells the He's uh, living in the side road with the last five years. He's helping his wife and the kids. Yeah. Right? They're at being run from pillar to post, being honest about it. No, they're in Little Island here, at the back of the factories here on Little Island. But, is, that um, the, is that the unofficial site there, the halting site? That's right, yeah. Okay. Right? And yeah. Uh, uh, here in Little Island here. Yeah. No, we're obviously there, down in the down in the haunting site here, Pacific haunting site, there's two mobile homes there's two mobile homes down here, and realistically speaking, being honest with the in the pandemic that we had there with the, um, the coronavirus and all that, we got on to the council and what happened. And they were promising the moon cells above, but they have no toilet facilities here. They've no washing facilities. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, the mobile, the mobile, being honest about it, uh, the gas. You like the gas cooker? There's only one ring. If you like the, the other three rings, she she catches up in flames. Mm, mm. Right, the gas is leaking in the mobile. Tommy didn't. Tommy didn't have a few kids of himself. Seven kids there. See, uh, one little boy there. One little boy there. Tom, uh, Thomas. He's called after Faro. Mm. Uh, that little boy had bowel problems mm. and what haven't you? Now he needs showers everyday use because that, that, that he's no control of his toilet and John know? can I just ask you was Tommy his wife and the seven kids inside in that damp mobile home for years yes that's that, 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 they're here now with the last they're in that mobile now here with the last three years right and, right. and how do, going on four years what do they do for heating because the winters are very cold there's, there's, no, there's no there's no heating as I say there's no heating we had to put in a bit of a stove there one day we had to make a bit of a stove in there to trying to get a bit of heat in there now he's uh, young two young twins as well you know now and what happened was what happened was they talk about the mobile here um, they got onto the HSC uh, the HSE in Dublin yeah and in fairness to the HSE in Dublin they were very very good to Thomas and Sarah Tommy and Sarah and the family you know yeah uh, Tommy speaks very highly about him actually being honest for us and they put him up in a rent accommodation in the city and they he was supposed to be only there for three weeks. That they'll have him housed in three weeks is top priority. Yeah. But anyhow, like that, meetings are going on, meetings are going on, hearing nothing. So Tom is after being notified that the landlord uh, of that home, the five-bedroom house in the city, wants them, 
his uh, his house back on the twenty eighth of this month. Right, and just before we get to just before we get to the next part, were all the kids very happy to be in their own home and their own yeah, bedroom? I I, I I tell you no, I tell you no. Being honest, Neil, in fairness, right, and I'd be true, Bridger. It was like handing the kids completely the lotto. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, they were on. Uh, they were on FaceTime to myself there because I'm down alone. They'll be on FaceTime to myself and the kids and yeah. what haven't you? And they were over excited that they had a room each. Yeah. And uh, the other sisters not reckoned there. The other sisters had and all this and their homework. They can do the homework because which is their education is very important. But you can't have. They can't do their education in the mobile home with seven kids running around. So I mean, of the seven kids, would a lot of them going out to school in the morning? Well, uh, he he have two he treatment secondary secretary secondary is it or two in secondary yeah um one is in a special needs school that's Thomas is it that's Thomas is in a special needs school in uh the, um, what is the other girl's name uh, Tina is in primary school then you have another the Alexa okay the autism the Alexa's autism and all that yeah then he have two twins he have two sets of twins. Uh, they are one at the moment. Now, when they moved into the house in the city, they got very sick over the central heating because they weren't used to the central heating. Yeah, God on Okay, me. now oh, they man. want to take them out of it. Now they want to take them over and put them back down here uh, in Bangsmack in Little Island again with no heating, no water facilities, uh, no toilet. The mother herself, Sarah, she suffers with a bowel uh, problem, mm. uh, gallbladder problem as well is due for an operation in the next coming days. Okay. And why... Okay, she, so they have to be out of that house that they were very happy in and the kids had their own well, bedrooms the landlord, and everything. The, the, yeah, the, landlord, the, the landlord obviously wants his house back. I think he's written out to other people, you know, which is his entitlement to it. But are they on a council list at all, like a city or a council list in the they're, county? They're, they're, on the, they're on the county council. Rang them on Sunday and told them that they're having an emergency meeting and Tuesday morning be at the meeting at 10 o'clock. How did that go so, this morning then, that meeting? So then this morning, I'd be honest, it's very frustrating, be true for the job. The HSC from Dublin was there, and um, uh, TV, the TV3, the Travellers, Society there of the Travellers, yeah. they were there. And now what they were told this morning was, Sarah was told that, that they walk out of the room if Sarah don't listen. So basically, um, this uh, war, this war that's going on with... Um, Ukraine and Russia. Ukraine and Russia, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. They haven't got the houses for the, the Irish citizens of this country, but they want the houses. They have houses, but they need the houses for um, for, for the Ukraine to come in. And was Sarah actually need, told that? Were, was those, were that's those what were, they were actually told. That's what he was actually told. That's what she was actually told in the, in the, the, the room, in the room this morning. Um, what, was she actually uh, the, told the that there was morning. no house available for her family because there's they're no keeping houses, houses for people for you, of Ukraine? Yeah, that's right, yeah. There's no houses available that's suitable. Now, a normal four-bedroom house would do these as they're in a two-bedroom mobile, which is full of dampness, moulds, mildewed, um, being honest with you, leaking gas. Um, the kids are going to school in the mornings with a smell of damp, uh, mouldy, uh, uniforms and stuff on them from the dampness that's inside it. Good God. There's one little girl there, there's one little girl there, he's eldest, that I am, I'm after hearing is having a hard time in school all because of this. In, you, in, in what sense a hard time, John? Well, being bullied, being honest with you, because the smell of mould which you go and wash yourself and 
will she go away and put clean clothes on? They have clean clothes, but inside the caravan is which is one your team is coming down. Yeah. And I told them we will show them. Now, I be a troop richer in the the same day as that we are in, this this day of age, this life is gone. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They reckon they reckon that there's no travellers to be on the side of the road by a certain year. Now that's going back must be five years ago. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know. I know. Now, they have the money for the, the travellers because it was left there for them, but they tell you they don't have because they're spending on the roads. But realistically speaking, this family need a proper score at home. And when they said, oh, when they said, because March the 28th isn't all that far away, it's only in 20 days, but when they said this morning that there was no house available, you say they said they needed to keep what they had for people of they Ukraine. Have to keep it, they, they have to keep it for the... Um, Refugees. The Ukrainians. Okay. Did they did they then tell you wh- how they would help Tommy and Sarah and the seven kids? Basically, they're doing nothing for Tommy and Sarah. Basically, um, the familyhood, if they would like to put him in a familyhood, is which is I advised my nephew Tommy, as uh, as I had a, a sister-in-law myself there one time ago. I advised Tommy. Uh, Tommy is a lad here that's not into drink or drugs or anything like that. So I advised Tommy keep his family out of him because in the family hub in town there. You have drink and you have drugs. Okay, Tom is trying to Tom is trying to put his kids in the right track of life here. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, he's keeping them in school and, and getting and them in education. Them right in. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even the house, even the house that they have up there now, as bad as it is, a five-bedroom house. But as bad as it is, you don't have a, a it's out the main road, so they have no back for the kids to play in. But as bad as it is, they're not isolated into like a mobile home. You know? Yeah. yeah. They have five rooms to go to. Yeah, and is there only the two? Is there only the two um, trailers down in Little Island? Is that all? There, 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 there's two mobile homes here. Tommy's uh, Tommy's sister Lisa there is uh, one mobile. She's actually um, at the from the time now with the virus there when the the, the, the HSE got involved. She's actually now at the moment in apartment in the city, is which is she was only supposed to be in it for three weeks, but like she only had two kids, so it would be easier to house her with two kids and then what it is going to be for Tommy or a family of nine. So do you, do you think it's likely that they'll have to go back, that the nine of them will have to go back into the mobile home? They're, they're, they're being told they have no other choice to go back to uh, Little Island. Um, they could put him in the family hub. That's not saying he is getting the family hub, but they could put him in the family hub, is which has been answering Neil. The family hub is, is suitable for nobody. There's the Eagle House there, for argument's sake, Eagle House, and there's the Simon community, and an awful lot more that's on the streets, the Cork here, that's homeless, and then they're on about bringing in all these people that's with all this war going on, and bringing them into our countries, basically, and put them up. They want to put up the people that they have in this country. Tommy said, uh, does it need a tragedy to wipe out a family for the council to wake up and do something? Would you agree I said that? that? I said, I said that to your customer this morning. The yeah. way it is, Neil, here, don't wrong, there's a, there's a tragedy waiting to happen with a long time. No, Neil, don't come wrong. I, 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 as I said, we're from the traveling community, right? Yeah. I, we had two bad tragedies in our family. We had a lady in month old baby that got burnt in the house. And we had a, a 14-year-old two weeks short of eight, or 15 and three cousins at the time. No, Neil, I don't know if you'll remember this or not, but it's going back in 1985 down below in Torres. There was carvings that went up late all that time ago and there was four kids that got burnt out that got killed in an awful tragedy. I do recall, I know that you mentioned it. I do, yeah, I do. I, well, that was, a brother, that was a brother of mine and three cousins. Oh, for God's sake. They're fire traps, aren't leaking, they? They're fire leaking traps. gas again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, Tommy Tommy can't go to sleep at night here. Don't come wrong over the gas. He's obviously, when he's out there in the morning, he's on up, I give him a bit of a gas cooker here the other day, and over at breakfast cooker I at home, I give him there two rings in it. And it was coming up to the Christmas, he says, John, how am I supposed to cook a bit of turkey for the kids or whatever, you know? So I forget about getting the food of an oven, Tom. I said, that if you just boil a bit of a bacon and cabbage or something for them. How do you so cook? How do, they, how do you prepare any meals for nine people inside in a caravan like that? It must it, be nearly uh, impossible. Honestly, Neil, it, 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 it's been nearly impossible. You so know? the, diet, the diet must be very poor, is it? Huh? The diet must be very poor. Oh, you better believe it's very poor, don't come wrong. You better believe it's very poor. I mean, down here, Neil, down here, Tom is out 120 euro a week on, on diesel for the general. Jeez. To try to keep a bit of electricity going. That's only light snow deal and a bit of TV. So would it be fair to say that the days of travellers... Uh, when I say that, Neil, when I say that, now, don't, I'm not stopping you for talking, yeah. but when I say that now, 120 euros to keep it, that's not keeping fridges going because you can't run the fridge off of the drum level. So you have to, you have to day by day, shop, uh, shop by day by day. Yeah, yeah. Would it be or fair I mean, to say I mean, really that the, the days of travellers wishing to live in mobile homes or caravans, those days are long gone, are they? Neil, them days is well gone. Them days is well gone. They are gone with drunken shares. Like, I'd be honest with you, Neil. We, like, I believe years and years ago, travellers were better people back then because they were well muted. But when I, I found, when I got the house done from around, where I did find out where the house was, it, it sank into a very bad depression. Go away. Because we're locked away. We're used, to, we're, we're used to mixing with each other and what happened. So they took all that away. No, I have a beautiful state up and and lovely neighbours. Yeah. I wouldn't turn it back for the world of the best neighbours. But it's in that, Neil Prendel. It's not that. Yeah. It's in, in, in this day, day of age, for kids to get up in the morning and be able to go in into an old shower and give themselves a wash before they head to school and freshen themselves up means an awful lot. Not now, to be bullied in school and probably name-called as well, I suppose. Uh, well, I, I, obviously, Neil Prendel, Tommy was talking to me here or there one day and I'd be honest with you, my nephew broke down crying. Now, he didn't get Laurie into detail over the daughter, but I heard the carrying on was supposed to be brutal. Mm, mm, All right, terrible. with his little baby. He's there. He's, his child did not want to go to school no more. I know, I know, I know. Right, and Tommy explained that he has to go to school because if you don't go to school, you can be brought to court and sentenced to prison. So he's obviously wanting the best education he can get for his kids. But here at the moment, you only have a two-bedroom mobile with that dampness, as I said, don't mind the wardrobes, the wardrobes he's after torn out the wardrobe clothes and buying new clothes for the kids yeah she couldn't and the same thing they'd be wet the and damp and mouldy and everything that mould would get into their chests and all sorts of things listen it's, um, not they've asthmatic, they've yeah. asthmatic, it's not accessible yeah, okay. it's not accessible okay uh, I know Seamus is heading down there so make sure you chat with him when he arrives yeah I, I will uh, indeed, Neil. Uh, as I said, Seamus, there, we'll show him there, the other mobile home there where the rat got into it that ate on through the floor of it. I was going to need Tom's mobile here um, to, uh, there, this is about two months ago, and redo all holes again and cover up holes that's underneath where the rats was eating it away. Is there much, what, is, there, is there dumping going on down there that's attracting rats or what? Do you need Trimble the way it is down here, don't know, we're at months, a whole lot of factories here. There's a lot of chemicals going on, there's a lot of everything. Yeah, it's near the, unless it's Tommy, near the estuary as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Tommy asked them for skips, bring skips down here, bring um, a disposable toilet down here, and a bit of washman with the, uh, the coronavirus at the time, the detemic going on, and no. Nothing. Eight years ago, there, Tom went in and out where he lost his own mother there. 
and they all went down. The whole family went downhill, jump around. But this lad picked himself up and done the best he could for his wife and his kids. And in fairness, I'm very, very proud of me here today. Oh, no, I heard that, that he had gone off the rails a bit after his mum died, but he's turned his life oh. around with years oh, now. He and turned, he's doing he the best turned he his life completely wrong. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, he yeah. didn't know. Now, this morning when he rang me, he was very upset. But let me have a, set, a chat with Seamus when he comes back from there and um, also get on to the council on your behalf and on Tommy and Sarah's behalf. Is that all right with you, John? Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. I appreciate that. Do you want to have a quick word with uh, Sarah there and stuff? Sure, yeah, if she's there. Yeah, all right, yeah Sarah, he'll have a quick Hello? Sarah. Hiya. John covered most of it there, but you must be finding life very tough in a mobile home. It must be next to impossible. It is impossible, to be honest. Um, It's just, it's not life for anyone, to be honest about it. Like, we're getting treated like dogs. And you'd have no water, no washing facilities or toilets there, no? No, not even since the start of the COVID. And I've asked them, would they be able to get us a mobile, even that's a bit more than this one? One that's not falling down top of us, and the answer was no. And when you contacted during COVID for even a an outside toilet or a disposable toilet, because there's nine of you there, were you also told no? Yeah. Okay, and what do you we expect? Were no. well, we were told no for everything. everything. They couldn't get us. They yeah. couldn't get us toilets. They couldn't get us water, electricity, nothing. And like we're willing to pay, we we asked them, could we pay for these things? We pay over doors every week, and the answer was no. Is it very cold in that mobile at night during the winter? Freezing. Now we've put in a bit of a stove, all right. There's a bit of a small bit of heat inside the kitchen and sitting room where the babies and Alexa and myself and my partner are sleeping. Thomas. Yeah, but that's is that not a danger though? It must be a fire trap. It is, I, but the girls' rooms down the end is full of mold and mildew. I'm after buying brand new mattresses three or four times first, and it's gone black mildew again. It'll happen very I quick. Take, I yeah. washed it. Yeah. Painted it with the mold paint, everything, and I can't even. Their clothes are in black bags because I can't put them into the wardrobe. And were you actually told at that meeting uh, Tuesday morning that um, there were no houses available because they were needed for Ukrainian refugees? This is what exactly what I said was that there's an awful lot of Ukrainians coming in and we need the places. But not one for you, your husband, and your seven children. They said, look, it's a no, like, we, they just have no houses for us. Okay, how does that make you feel, though, as an Irish person? Upset, angry. I feel like I'm neglecting my own children because of it. And and a number of your children have serious health conditions, don't don't they? Yeah, my two-year-old has autism. My son has... Uh, he's asthma, but he's, they said that he's um, dyspraxia, autism, and he has dyslexia. Um, like, he gets pains in his legs now. He meets his bowel problems. He soils himself an awful lot. Like, I have to buy clothes from every single week, underwear, everything, because everything that's, that's belonging to him has to be thrown out. He's all a misfortune. Yeah. He's a misfortune. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't afford all the washing machines every week, to be honest, which are with all the going that I'm doing, from school runs to the... just washing the basics, the baby's clothes, the uniforms. And Sarah, are you worn, are you worn out? Yeah, I'm exhausted. Did you ever think that life would be this tough? No. Not a hope. You would wish for better things? I just wish for my children to have a home, like... Like the one they had for the few weeks there, right? Yeah. That you see their excitement. It's not even that my children are coming around now when she's learning how to do small few bits where she never could learn down here. There was no space for her to run around. To Did they have their own bedrooms and bed and bath and shower and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. So they're going for one now every nearly every second day. Like I know, I know, I know. 
you wouldn't have the heart to tell them that it's not going to last much longer. I had to tell them because, like, they were only going, they were crying into my face that they didn't want to come back down to the mobiles, and especially my 15 year old daughter, like, she's suffering from depression, and she's been out of school an awful lot with her health, with her uh, chest and everything, and now she doesn't feel like, like she's going to be judged or something when she goes back to school. What do you think people will be mocking her about it? I think, like, I think she's worried. I think she's anxiety. Like, she finds it very hard to find friends as it is. And here, down the, down in the mobiles, like, so confined it in. They've no friends. They've nothing. Like, it's but she's a young, she's a young teenage girl. Has she managed to make friends in secondary school? She'll talk to people, but like, as far as going out, kind of associating with people, no, she won't. She's just afraid. That's a shame. My daughter, my 13 year old daughter, starting to have panic attacks again and stuff like that. She just doesn't want to go home. That's a shame, isn't it? That she feels isolated amongst teenage friends or people that could be friends and she should be hanging out in groups and gangs. She's ashamed of her life over where we're living. And she's ashamed of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as I said, like, once a week I can get up to my mother and father's, like, during the COVID and stuff. I couldn't get up there. It was too hard to get them showered and especially because they're elderly and stuff like that. Like, you know, and my sister lives there. She's working with elderly people and they all, they all have their own jobs and stuff that they can't. You know, my mother's getting old now I'm sick and so is my dad. So it's kind of hard, like. I know, I know. Listen, um, I'm going to make a couple of phone calls and I know, she- I know Seamus is on the way down also to have a look around. So make sure you meet up with them and let them see yeah. the conditions that are there, you know. Yeah, I know I will, I 100% will. Uh, like, as I said, now from the time that we were gone into the house, now the whole mobile's falling apart. Oh, sure it's rushing inside, yeah, like, out, yeah. you know. Yeah. You wouldn't go up to the family, one of the family hubs, no? No. Okay. I'm sorry, but I've been there, like, I've been in Needle House, I've been in B&Bs, I've done all that, and that was only with four kids, and I found it extremely hard, my health, my depression, everything came back, like, you know, it was just, the kids seen things that I wouldn't allow them to watch on a television and they were 10. And they've seen, they saw it. They were looking at all this. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Been there, done that, not rearing my children in that scenario. I get you. I get you. Like even if I even said it, suggested it to my kids right now, like they, they'd tell me like to put them into foster care or something. Like I just feel like I'm neglecting them in a big way. Like, do you know what I mean? All right. Uh, and is it city or county council you were dealing with uh, this um, morning? County council. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I'll be in touch. All right. Hang in there. I will, of course. See Thank you so can, much. We'll see if we can get a response from the council on your behalf. But Seamus is on the way there, so make sure you meet him, okay? That's perfect. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you. Bye for now, Sarah. That's the story of uh, Tommy and Sarah Gray and their seven kids in the mobile in Little Island. Uh, Seamus did visit the site yesterday afternoon and chat with them after the break. Text 0868104106. Calling Red FM Studio? Call the new number 0818104106. And you can text 0868104106. As I say, yesterday afternoon, then following my chat with John and uh, Sarah, Seamus visited the mobile. How bad? was it? Um, well, how bad is bad? It, it was uh, pretty shocking, to be honest. Uh, what I came across, um, even before you get into the mobile home, you can see the all undercarriage is being eaten away by rats and they're filling the, the holes with expanding foam to try and stop the rats from getting through and they're hoping that uh, once it's consumed by the rats that it would kill them, but it, it it's still... It's, 
they're they're still kind of putting um, f- foam over it. They're they're putting planks of wood over planks the foam. of wood over the over the foam just to try and keep the rats down. But then when you get into the what's it like inside? Well, inside, um, it's not much better, to be honest, Neil. The floors are rotting. Um, the, 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 it's a two-bedroom uh, mobile home where the th- three kids are in the main bedroom, the three girls. It's riddled in dampness. Um, the mattress it is, is right. It is riddled in dampness. The mattresses are grey with it, almost black with the, ma- with the dampness. They can't put any clothes into... Um, the the units um, because the, all their clothes are kept in black bags. Um, before just after Christmas, um, a, a fire um, happened in the caravan. It happened during the day where the power the the, the sockets went up in flames. Uh, Tommy was able to put that out. They didn't call the fire brigade, and it was at that stage that they called the the HSE for for help. Yeah. Um, the now that stove, tell me about that stove, because that looks like a right fire hazard in the middle of a mobile home. Well, that stove, um, John put that in for them to try and get them some sort of heat. And uh, when it rains, the, the rain comes down on, to, on on top of the stove. That's that's only a makeshift thing there. Even the, the cooker, um, they can't use it. They're, they can only use one ring on, on the cooker, because if they use the other rings, the gas is leaking out. Um, the windows aren't secure. There's, uh, it's blown through, blown through the caravan. Um, they've got uh, very young kids. Uh, yeah, uh, seven uh, of them. Did you ever go into an old house that had been abandoned for twenty or thirty years? Like as if somebody pulled the door out, uh, and, you, and you just went in there for a look around. It looks like that inside, doesn't it? It looks it, like an abandoned home from the. It 80s, is, and, and now Sarah said since they actually left the property, it's got worse. It's it's got a hell of a lot worse. Um, so they're now. Uh, facing into homelessness in just less than three weeks. And they were saying that one of the things that was said to them by, by City Council was that they're holding on to properties for Ukrainian refugees. So on the 28th of March, they go back into that, seven children, many of them very sick. Yeah, um, like you have uh, two that have issues with the bo- with their bowels. So you've got, uh, you've got Sarah and uh, you've got the young fella But you could well. understand why people would be riddled with sickness and illness and ailments if you're living in those kind of conditions. What's it like outside then? What, what about toilet facilities? There's absolutely no toilet, no washing facilities, absolutely nothing. There is um, a kind of a, a shed there. You have a photograph where uh, a lot of stuff is dumped in. Now, they use that for toileting and... Um, in the shed? In the shed. Now, if... But so if somebody is working in the the company next door to that shed, um, the kids go to the toilet in a uh, chemical uh, toilet that they were given because of the young fella. They go into that at night, and Tommy goes up through the fields to 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 go to the toilet. Okay, it's in, it's is it any wonder there are rats anyway? They're near the estuary, so that doesn't help with rats anyway. No, it doesn't. But they'll be attracted to all of this. There's a lot of rubbish and stuff gathering there, and the toilet facilities will be a problem with regards to rats as well. Um, <sighs> I, I just, I, I just, and the, and the, and one of their daughters, teenage daughters, has been bullied in school because she goes into school smelling of dampness. Smelling of dampness, even even though the clothes are clothes are clean, but it's dampness from. And she's no friends or anything because it's an awful way, you know. In 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 spite of, in spite, I mean, I see texts already coming, you know, counteracting this, saying that you know, 
saying unkind things about travellers, but these are children, like, you know. No, the other thing is, this is a caravan that um, Tommy and and his wife uh, bought about three, four years ago for 1,200 euros, so um, it was... it was kind of bad then, but it, it's got a lot worse now. But like, even by them saying that the they're being advised by uh, council that the that they're keeping the uh, and the that they're keeping the fam the homes back for for the Ukrainians. What they want is maybe a mobile a mobile home that would be up to a, a good standard that they could move into. But we we can't you can't rear seven children in a mobile home, even if it was brand new. You just can't like. Like, I know. You know, like that that might be fine for a week fortnight's holiday somewhere down yeah. in Garrettstown, but it's not a lifestyle choice. But like the, the the thing here as well is that a lot of the properties the council would have they wouldn't have a house that big. It's normally two, three bedroom house, but like even with the nine of them into a three or four bedroom house is still considered could considered be overcrowding. Be interested to see what council have to say, though. You should, you're going to approach them and say, you know, was that actually said about sorry, what we have we're holding for? Refugees? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm getting on to council uh, after after the show, and there's a, there's a few other uh, people I need uh, I need to look Make at as well. Representations on, okay, all right, appreciate it. Thank you. Is it possible to share any of those photographs? Do you think? Um, should be no problem. Okay. I can put it up on our our, our Twitter okay. and. All right, sick children, and that's the main, that's the most important thing. Children with, uh, one is autism on the autistic spectrum, and one or two have dreadful problems with bowels and stomach problems. But you'll have that anyway, because their diet is probably shocking. So that's Ireland in 2022. Your thoughts are welcome. Uh, text 0868104106. We got some calls. Oh, sorry, we got some texts to close after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. And Red FM. Those that don't get to this morning, I'll come back to tomorrow. Why would people carpool? You take someone into your car or vice versa. What happens if there's an accident? Are you covered by insurance for carpooling? How is it even conceivable for a carpenter, a plumber and a plasterer to use public bus services? Come on. Is there anyone using their heads anymore? I don't think so. Another one, if we only listened to the green hippies 30 years ago, we'd have put up all those windmills and we'd be an energy exporter by now. Another one, you'll run into insurance problems taking kids that aren't your own to school. Are they covered by your insurance policy? Uh, Ukraine is after banning the export of several grains, salt, sugar, meat. Interesting times ahead. And a lot of, it's actually interesting, a bread man says, flour is imported and went up another 80 cent per ton on Tuesday and is likely to go up again because of the amount of wheat that comes from the Ukraine and Russia. So expect your prices of bread, I suppose, and cakes and everything else like that, but primarily bread would be an issue. We import a lot of wheat from Russia. That's why the price increases are kicking in because we won't be getting much from them going forward. Uh, There's a lot of people then talking about how opportunistic it was of petrol stations to go up by 10, 15 and 16 cent overnight and some even this morning knowing in advance that the cabinet were talking about a uh, 20 and 15 cent drop on the litre. They just got in ahead of it, many are saying. So there's all that and lots more besides. Just one more for now and then I'll do some more tomorrow. Our government are a disgrace to let this happen regarding the fuel. People are struggling to keep their kids warm, struggling to keep the car full to get to work. They're in the same bracket as Putin or politicians. Absolute, well, he called them scum. Uh, they only take care of themselves. The cuts in excise they're suggesting is an absolute insult. It's grand for them with their drivers and the costs all being covered. If they were paying out of their own pockets, 
that have a different opinion. These fellas don't live in the real world. They're so out of touch with people they're supposed to represent. It's unbelievable. We're too quiet in this country and we take whatever is continuously thrown at us. Country's a joke. It's an embarrassment. The days of the fighting Irish are long gone. The politicians know this. They'll know they'll get away with whatever they do, so they've no problem screwing us left, right and centre. First time in my life, I'm ashamed of being Irish and I'm ashamed of my country. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Very quickly before I go and I'm talking 60 seconds. James, good morning. Neil, very quickly there, if I can. Go ahead. Just going back there to the, what people gave the, the Ukrainian uh, situation. Uh, Dave O'Connor and Suits Distributors gave uh, nearly two trans of fan loads of, of material. I didn't Plus, know that. Uh, cha- yeah, Charles, we had a couriers with JMC, couriers and talker, and uh, he didn't, of course, he, of course his, his modesty, like he wouldn't, he wasn't saying anything. Plus Casper in Bournemouth, uh, residential care, the two two transit loads, tra- transit vans, and Elmwood uh, Medical Centre in Grange. The amount of stuff they gave, like we uh, we actually brought down four transit vans full from just these three uh, places. So you've Dave and Suits to Sibsters in Ballycreen, you've Elmwood in Grange, and Casper in in, in the uh, Bournemouth residential care. I can tell you the amount of stuff and GMC who gave them their vans obviously to use them. Do you know? Uh, and where where did they all go? Was it to Katrina, Toomey, and the gang we, that have no, gone? We, we, we got. We got two vans. We got two transits. One to Bandon, one into the bus itself down in Martin Point, and the other two then went up to cathedral, uh, the North Cathedral for Katrina oh, uh, the day before. And the amount of work that these people put in, I can tell you, Dave must have come, right, look, he didn't want me to say it, but thousands of pounds worth of stuff, and the money he put into the chargers and the. And the um, the SIM cards as well that we we stuck in there, which we collected up in the bill. We paid them up in Wilton there in, in the in the phone shop. Unbelievable! Of course, he didn't want me to mention. Ready to go phones with credit on them that will work in the Ukraine. With credit, yeah. credit on them, no, someone right. with the twenty-five euro phones. But if I was to tell you how many he put in there, you'd get them for any of your life. Thousands of pounds worth of stuff. In fairness, and again, Elmwood uh, Medical Centre in right. Grange. The amount of stuff they gave. Dave well done to all concerned. Thanks, James. Happy to squeeze you in at the end. Lines will stay open on oh eight one eight one. 104106. You can text 0868104106. Get involved in the conversation. If you have a story to share, email neil at redfm.ie. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.